now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archie. Archie Fuzz. Okay, everybody, here we go with our new hit record, Sugar, Sugar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the podcast that sucks on so many levels. Uh, Today we are talking about the Friday the 13th franchise. Why, you may ask? Because there's one Riverdale cast member in one of them. Shut up. Just listen. You'll enjoy it. Just shush. Don't think of the logic. But this is going to be Freddy versus Jason month, uh, or... I guess we should have done Jason versus Freddy month because we're starting with Jason. But either way, we're going to talk about the Friday 13th franchise, as you're going to hear now. Then we're going to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, as you're going to hear in a few weeks. And then we're going to talk Freddy versus Jason. And then the final week is just going to be talking about all the weird ancillary material, like video games, books, comic series, just stuff that I need to waste my life on and read more of. Anyways... This journey is not going to be taken alone. I have a few other counselors with me, and uh, they are going to be introduced right now. But that was an unnecessary sentence, but I'm just dragging this out. So first off, coming from Bloody Good Horror, there's two people from that, so that doesn't even work. <laughs> but the one who podcasts with me the most and is the Jason of the show, the show. My I'm, my brand is off today. Hey, Jason, how's it going? It helped if I wasn't on mute. Oh, Hi, man. how's it going? You know, it's, it's going good. You this know? You're kind of like the person who wants to be Jason to the entire Riverdale cast, right? Like I really would like to murder that entire cast. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, nice little um, spear through the back, you know, while Archie and, you know, Veronica are getting it on. Yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. That. Uh, speaking of spears through the bed, just kidding, this has nothing to do with that. The man who brought me Jason Goes to Hell, the man who changed my life forever, the wonderful Alex. Hello, Alex. Hey, Andrew. How's it hey. going? Oh, you know, it's good, it's good. Just watching, cramming all these movies, working 12 days a week, but I still crammed as many of these movies in as I can. I literally finished Jason X before... This podcast, so that is uh that is commitment. It's that is, uh, it's a lot to Jason commit to. So much fun to watch that I could watch it at any time. Oh, it's one of my desert island movies, but we will get to that. <laughs> and finally, the only person who will ever guest on this podcast that is verified on Twitter, Evan. <laughs> hey, what's you up? Guys, you guys can't see this, but he has a blue check mark over his head right now. I do. Yeah, I, I keep it with me everywhere I go. Thank you. It just means you're a better person than I Oh, man, else. no. I'm, I'm just... super boring, but thanks. <laughs> oh, no. He's brilliant. He even hosts your own podcast, Podslash, right? I do, yeah, Podslash, and then uh, one about the housewife, Real Housewives, which is super off-brand for this conversation, but hey, why not? Hey, 
You never know. You know what? I would be down for the Housewives meet Jason Voorhees. They That'd be so up. fun. Yeah, I love the it. Housewives of Crystal Lake. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so down. That's so great. Uh, there's about five teeth collectively in the Housewives of Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, so today we're going to kind of go through the franchise one by one and kind of just talk about what our favorite kills are, what we think of the movies, how they actually hold up. Everything like that. Like, just kind of, like, general talking about the franchise as it is. But before we get into it, I kind of want to know what everyone's first interaction in their history with the Friday the 13th franchise is. Uh, so, Evan, how were you introduced to the Friday the 13th franchise? So, I was lucky where I grew up on horror movies in general from, like, a very young age. Um, I started with Halloween, but then I jumped on the Jason Freddy train a couple years after that. So, I was maybe, like, eight or nine years old. Um, but I would say, like, I got super into the series uh, right before college. I, like, blew through all of them. And I've seen them now all way too many times to the point that like if you put up a chart of every different jason mask i could tell you exactly what movie it's from <laughs> which is not good i don't think that's too obsessive no 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 that's important because we need to figure out the difference between slimy grimy jason takes manhattan mask which somehow still has the hatchet injury in it yeah and the original classic mask or whatever's happening to the mask in jason goes to hell because Oh my, he's just, he's just like a loaf of bread that's just kind of like overflowed, but I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's like that. growths coming out of it. It's, it's yeah. a lot. It's, it's a lot. Uh, it's, uh, it's muffin face. <laughs> muffin, <laughs> muffin face. Muffin face. <laughs> it's pretty accurate, I would say, yeah. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet came to, uh, <laughs> Crystal Lake. Didn't work out well for her. Uh, Alex, how did you get introduced to this franchise? Um... It would have been I I obviously knew who Jason was, you know, being a kid of the of the eighties, of the late eighties anyways. Um but my real intro would have been there was a, a, a channel that used to be on basic cable called Movie Picks. Uh and then it was one October and they were doing every Friday movie, just like, oh, we're gonna just show one. It was either every Friday night or I, I can't remember how they they parsed it all out, but I just remember being like, "Cool, I finally get to see these." Like my parents wouldn't rent them for me, but now I can just watch these on TV. And uh, I think that's how I I think they played them out of order, though it was so weird. But I remember seeing like one, three, and four for sure, and it was also how I ended up seeing Goes to Hell for the first time. So that channel was super super important for me getting into the series. I didn't get in to see. The, any of the nightmare movies for much uh a lot longer after but yeah so you've always been a jason guy just oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah speaking of jason guys here's a guy who is jason jason how did you get introduced to the friday the 13th franchise well mine's pretty similar like i saw most of the uh, friday the 13th pretty young um, and on like the USA network when they used to show like horror movies all the time and they completely edited like all the gore taken out of them. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely saw them way out of order. Like I probably <laughs> saw three first. Um, I didn't see one until much later or two. Um, they, they seem to like the show like three, four and five quite a bit. And then 
Like, I remember Jason Takes Manhattan coming out because I'm old and seeing that film uh, in its original release and then kind of, um, you know, every new release after that, of course, I've seen. Okay, so you start so, so you start out with a classic, Jason Takes Manhattan, well regarded as the greatest film of not only this <laughs> well, franchise, but no, I, I mean, but I've seen time. the edited versions of probably three, four, and five, and six like a million times before I got to Jason Takes Manhattan. That's that's fair. And uh, you know, I would say, funny enough, like until recently, I probably would have been on the side of uh, Freddy. Oh, uh, you've until been, you've been converted really recently. Yes, I'm. I'm more converted to Friday Thirteenth over Nightmare as okay. I become more tenured uh, in my horror. Nice, boredom. nice, nice. Uh, I, I, so what you're saying is uh, the Jason Worm has gone down your throat and has converted yes. you to the side <laughs> yes. of our dear Lord and Savior, Jason. And I have to say, I, I'm thrilled that I'm um, sharing time with people who also love Jason Goes to Hell because I think that's a rare occasion like there's not many people who like that film um and everyone i talk to that's even horror fans are like that film's trash love the fuck out of jason goes to hell oh fair. yeah I, fair. I take a lot of shit for counting it in mm. my top three it's one of those ones people are like are you even really a fan i'm like you need to rewatch that movie like you need to watch the unrated one and rewatch it because they're they're trying some stuff and sure the guys yeah. have retroactively tried to be like no yeah it's a, it's, it's a deadite thing and i'm like okay like you know, there's all. It, it, I liked it as it was. You, you can you can try and add this stuff, but we'll get to that later. Well, I, I'll just say it's a lot better than what he did to uh, Leatherface, because oh god, <laughs> we we won't talk about what Adam Marcus did to Leatherface. He gets beaten up by hillbillies. Leatherface gets beaten up by Joe Blow hillbillies. I'm just gonna oh, say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was trying to remember which one you were talking about. Yeah, it's just it's just. Hey, come there's on. a store here. Do you want to? cameo appearance because i did not realize we were recording tonight uh no nah, that's fine. That sucks. oh that's fine that's your cameo that's your cameo bye bye <laughs> get out of here hey. sorry I didn't tonight. that's really bad of me no that's fine we're, we're we're just we're into it we got jason's recording so you'll just have to you'll just have to i can just send this editing to you later if you want perfect that's a wonderful idea okay uh peace out and Go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. (laughs) Alrighty. And I was introduced to uh, this series probably, you know, we all have that scumbag friend in high school. And Chris, I know if you're listening, you know you're a scumbag, so it's fine. Uh, (laughs) And he, he was one of those people who was just like a burnt out stoner who just didn't do anything with his life and just kind of like sat on his computer all day but he loved horror movies so like when i would go to his house we would just like hang out and watch horror movies and jason x was actually the first ever jason movie i ever saw so i i was that might be why the film itself really does kind of like hold this really bizarre place in my heart because it did kind of introduce me to the franchise and it's just incredibly watchable but we will get to that soon so jason has always kind of been a omnipresent thing in my life since uh early early high school so long time with the j-man which is he'd probably kill me for that he'd probably kill me for just recording a podcast so he just, he just kills people for whatever he's, yeah. he's indiscriminate <laughs> he's just 
You could just show up at a deli, he would kill you. He'd just be like, he doesn't care. You want sandwiches? You're dead. Doesn't matter. Uh, so let's start this conversation by talking about the original. The death curse itself, Crazy Ralph features in this classic film, Friday the 13th, Part 1. Jason, what do you think of the very first Friday film? Well, like I said, um, I saw the part one, like, much later, like, probably within the last, like, ten years or so. Oh, wow. Um, that, that late. So, yeah, like, I, I, I knew, like, that, um, you know, I knew the twist and all that stuff. Um, and I'm kind of glad I saw it later because I think I have a more appreciation for the first one, having consumed, like, a whole bunch of Jallo before that. Because, really, I feel like Friday 13th part one and part two as well is, like, are, like americanized jellos like even like there's some kills in one that feel like they're very much um inspired by like the um and i don't remember the character the act scene where he hits the light oh yeah like it's a very it's a very physical physical death which i like i like the i like they don't feels way more physical than later friday the 13th yeah they don't really do that in in later friday the 13th films like i like the idea of like the the axe interacting with other objects other than the person and that kind of like affecting the environment and like the the way that affects the lighting and the makeup effects are like are very impressive i mean tom savini is uh is at top of his amazing game here so um and later when he comes back to this year's we'll get to that film as well um but he uh you know, that rewatching this, like, the thing that um, disturbed me the most is that, like, snake scene is, like, tough to watch for me, which is stupid, but, like, them actually killing the snake uh, just skeeves me out. Yeah. And I know that there's different stories about that, like, supposedly, um, they, uh, Savini just found the snake and killed it. Um, there's also stories online, potentially, where, like, the handler was there and didn't know they were going to kill it, and they killed it in front of him, I don't know, which I believe that. Oh, did um, he, like, cry like the there. Rancor Keeper in, yeah. like, Star Wars? Like, there's just, <laughs> yeah. like, crying over That's, his like, face. the story. Um, and I can't imagine that's the case, right? But, I hope not. Um, even so, the killing the snake on screen, like, I don't know, that even any film where they actually kill animals, like, skeeves me out. So, um, that's, like, a low point for me. But I think Friday 13th Part 1 is a, a very good film. Like, it's just a very good slasher giallo twist at the end, and it just works. Like, I, 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 really, I really love part one. Yeah, I think I, I, it clearly was very, very much a ripoff of, or at least in, in style and naming convention was a ripoff of the original Halloween. But the way sure. that it actually plays out, the, the two films are not... It's a much different yeah, film. They're a, yeah, they're much different films. And uh, I, just, I just think that the... The killer, especially, like, Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees has, has a lot more character, right? Like, in, in some ways, I would almost call this, like, what the characters, when we finally find out all the killers in the Scream movies, they're doing, like, full-on Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees, right? Like, sure. I think yes. that's, like, one of the big things that this franchise brought to the 90s was the fact that like that Pamela Voorhees scene had to like inspire all of those performances because she's killing it in this movie she's killing like that is killing it and like the, all the stories are from her just like stories about like being like I had like this is a movie like it's not crazy, <laughs> but she uh she uses the word mongoloid a lot in every interview. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not condoning the use of that word. I, I I'm saying it because she any interview you see with her, 
she's like, they didn't tell me my kid was going to be a mongoloid. And I'm like, okay, yeah. lady, like, <laughs> I understand. I it, mean, was a, it was a different Carter's time. But... She's 150 years old. Yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> at least she, look, she had to get Gene Siskel's in the paper where Gene Siskel just completely outed her, uh, outed her address and the film producer's address. Like, have you guys heard about this story? Like, no. yes. No, no so Gene, Gene Siskel, historically just the biggest curmudgeon of all time. Uh, sure. Look up any movie you love in the 80s and Gene Siskel hated it. Uh, but well, Eber, Eber, famously, Eber, Siskel and Ebert trashed every Friday. Well, yeah, but, but this one, especially Siskel, when he in the in the paper, he literally printed the addresses of the people who were behind the film and said, yeah, send hate mail numbers. here. Make sure they know what they've done is just utterly reprehensible and evil. And like he he well, I don't know if he uses the word evil, but like he goes really hard and he spoils the movie in his review too like he out and out starts the movie just spoiling it and then he goes yeah how dare betsy palmer be in this movie and it was it's it was crazy the amount of outrage from the person who hates everything gene siskel what a douche but I never, <laughs> yeah that's a douche move for real i, I never understood their like because they talk about these those films like if you go watch any of the siskel Lieber stuff like they're the most reprehensible disgusting things they ever saw and i'm like yeah. didn't you guys ever see like a fulci film like i don't you're fucking film now i think critics. there are some there's some merit right like there's some merit to some slash there are some very skeevy slasher films oh for sure. Like, for sure yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah i don't ever think that like at least uh, I mean, part five is pretty skeevy, but we'll, we'll talk about that. But like, I think especially the, these early, early Friday films are not are not overly skeevy. But anyway, um, there's some stuff in two as well. They're just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we yeah that stuff too. Okay, um, like I think there's a scene, and we'll get to two. Yeah, we'll, 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 get, two, I guess. we'll get to two. Evan, what do you think of Friday Thirteenth Part One? Part One. Uh, I'll just kind of echo what you were saying. Um, I. You know, the original Halloween is like my favorite movie of all time. And so a lot of the time people will say, oh, Friday the 13th is just a rip off of Halloween, which I understand where they're coming from. But I think it's important to talk about how different they are, because Halloween is very much straightforward slasher. You know who the killer is and you're following, you know, one villain. But this is a murder mystery, which goes back to like stories from the 50s and the 40s. And I think overall it's pretty well done um you know it's not the scariest thing i've ever seen but i mean i guess at this point nothing really is scary to me but um i think betsy palmer is awesome uh and the effects are really good uh especially for the time and even just like the bad ones i think i really like too uh when she gets her head lopped off just just that 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 sort of still of like Savini's hands grasping you can see like the hairy knuckles and stuff I just that kind of stuff I just love like you can, I feel like you can even see the toothpicks like coming out of her neck that were holding the the <laughs> cast on top like that kind of stuff I think gives it the charm that it has um and I like the very end stinger I think it's kind of fun I've shown that movie to so many people now and I feel like does this still work like is this still kind of a jump moment at the end in the lake and every single time people jump when they've never seen it before and I'm surprised by that actually so i don't know i think it has a lot going for it and i think especially for the rest of the series it's a really weird outlier that has almost like nothing to do with the rest of the series but works really well so 
yeah, I think it's mm. something that everybody has to see. If you see, if you're even at all interested in the series, you should watch the first one. Yeah, the, I mean, that gets a really interesting point because the series certainly, and Jason obviously evolve throughout the series, right? But I always kind of think of one as being still like the heart of the series mm-hmm. simply because it informs any motivation Jason has. So, and they do return to that. Like, you know, when we get to Freddy versus Jason, obviously, um, the mother's always used as the you know, the Jason's weakness to a certain degree. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, um, it's like a fun inverse on psycho too, which I always yeah. sort of enjoy, you know? And, um, and we know it's good too, because like five is sort of the same format, like a murder mystery, mm. but not great. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about five. I'm sorry. Okay. We're talking about five. Um, I also want to say real quick. Um, the Kevin Bacon kill is one of my, Oh yeah. Is one of the best Kills Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll have we'll have a moment where we'll we'll get best kills. Uh, best kills. Alex. Oh yeah. Alex, how do you fare for this giallo inspired slasher yeah. flick? I gotta say, yeah, I I do. I didn't see a lot of giallo until I was I was uh, much older, but I think it was not Bay of Blood, but one of those ones. What's is it? Bay of Blood, the one that ends where like the kids just all the kids just kill the parents. Uh, it's oh. one of the Bava movies. Anyways. Yeah, I believe that's Bay of Blood, yeah. Yeah. I just, and I think that one takes place, like, at a cottage, and a lot of people say it's sort of influenced, and I can definitely see it there. You're right. There is a lot of giallo, and it is interesting, yeah. People talk about Halloween, and I, I still love the, I don't know how true it is, story about, uh, the, uh, John Carpenter talking to, to Bob Clark about Black Christmas, and being like, oh, did you ever think about doing like a sequel? And he's like, not really. But if I did, I'd do, you know, I'd do something where the the killer just kills people on Halloween. And and that's that's rumored to be where John Carpenter got the idea just to do Halloween, where it's a killer and you don't really understand his motivation and its following. And it's sort of the same style. And like, it is. It's the American slasher versus the more Italian giallo influence. And I do like that. I do like that Friday went there. I do like that, especially considering it was a studio movie, which I think a lot of people forget about. Like, y- you talk about Nightmare, and they call New Line, like, the studio, like, the house that, that Freddie built. Because it just, they, they were able to turn that into a thing, and they were really proud of, of Freddie. Whereas I think Paramount was just, ah, oh, whatever, we'll we'll throw some money at this. at this. They, they, they had a couple, like, because they did... um. Uh, My Bloody Valentine too, I think, around the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they were just throwing money behind these slashers. And and then eventually, as the movies got more popular, they're like, we don't want to be in the slasher business. (laughs) But you can't argue with with a moneymaker. So it's it's interesting to see that, yeah, it was a big studio making an Italian-influenced horror mystery where the yeah the killer is the mom i like i like what i've mentioned being like the 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 opposite of psycho i'm like oh that is that is like it's it is just a really cool way to kick off the series and i get where some people are coming from like oh you know you can start with two where it actually kicks in with with being about jason and and no like like you guys mentioned the stinger at the end like no that makes it that makes it a, a must watch like you and- 
And like, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh you. no, yeah, I uh, just, I, I was, I was just spinning there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, this is the first time I watched a lot of these in high definition because I've just been watching these on like DVDs for years, mm, and I yeah. recently digitally picked up a bunch of them on Blu-ray so I could keep all the special features and just had the Blu-rays. Um, but um, the end shot and the end stinger looks so good remastered on Blu-ray. Like it was, it was really weird because like I was watching these and I was getting nostalgic for my own days as a camp counselor because it like really, especially just because of the low budget and the way they filmed it. It, it almost has like I know it's gonna sound crazy, but it almost has like a weird cinema verite style because like they didn't have enough money to do like a whole bunch of quick cuts or like a whole lot of shots so you will just kind of be set in a scenario and in a pose looking at the environment or looking at a character walking away and like where other movies would cut it just keeps going so like for example like crazy ralph when he's riding off on his bike it's a long sequence but like I'm kind of into it because it's like it just kind of feels like you're in there and you're just like, what is this crazy guy doing? He just keeps on this bike. Can you just get on this bike? Or like moments when the cop after he like does his like for like huge verbiage for all the different weed types uh, go like has trouble actually getting off and getting the motorcycle running again. <laughs> and like it just it just feels like it's like a natural like silly moment where like it also works it i'm sure it wasn't intentional but it also works for that character for like someone who's like i'm gruff and serious and ah shit i can't get my bike started uh i'm serious don't do drugs and like it just it just seems really silly the the other things is like the things that it started and the things that it influenced because i don't recall another series with the prophet of doom like this the idea of like mm. it's a death curse or you're doomed never come back <laughs> again and uh all of the amazing crazy ralph lines uh i don't who then proceeds to come and just like peep on them in, in you know two, he's but, just yeah. trying to help he's just trying to help he's doing things the way oh, that, that crazy doing? ralph knows how to do things and isn't not logical okay it's not logical, Ralph. Okay, uh, but I I I remember watching uh, Cabin in the Woods recently, and like they're one of their big things is like the guy who shows up. They like go to the gas station, and he's like supposed to be the prophet of doom. And the idea is that like every slasher film needs like a prophet of doom to like tell them, uh, or like the way the ritual works is somebody has to warn them, and they have to ignore it. But like that doesn't happen in a lot well, of I, of slashers, I, 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 and this definitely started it. I guess in part you could say Loomis uh, works in that he, way. He but did, obviously yeah. has another role as well, but that's kind of what he does too a lot in the first ones, run around, tell people he's the boogeyman, right? So Yeah, like I like, guess he's much more active though. Like you don't see yeah, like Crazy sure. Ralph being like, I shot him six times. Right. <laughs> he's he's Doctor Crazy Ralph. <laughs> Doctor Crazy exactly, yes. He just has a PhD. It's like all right. <laughs> the only the only example I can think of, and it's like I agree with you. I think this did kick it off, but like the 74, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's that very opening where they go uh, to the graveside and there's that guy who's like, I've seen uh, things like, and <laughs> that's supposed to be about like the leather, the, the, not the Hewitts. That's the remake. I don't remember what their last name is in the original. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, but that's like a, a dropped line that you could miss, but I think I'm trying to think, and I can't think of anything similar to Ralph at before Friday the 13th came out. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so that's just an interesting point. So I think it goes to state that we all enjoy part one. Uh, I'm interested to hear everyone's favorite kills for part one. I think it's going to be pretty unanimous, but I'm kind of interested to hear what everyone has to say. Alex, what is your favorite kill? Gotta go with Kevin Bacon, man. Like, it's just, I I, I remember that's just being shocked man. at it. Because a lot of the other kills, when you're watching the first one, like, th- they almost sort of telegraph them. And I was expecting it to to come from above and just the way they shot it. Mm. And they subverted my expectations. And it genuinely creeped 12-year-old me out a lot. Nice. Yeah. No, that is a very scary scene. Because it's, like, so relaxing and serene. And you just are not expecting it. And it just goes, Grrr. and it's done so well, too. It's tough to watch, yeah. yeah. It's even tough to watch now i think like it's it's vicious yeah and they, and they do kind of what you said in part two with the spear in similar way right like kind of not subverting those expectations and you can kind of compare those two scenes in that that scene with kevin bacon is um is something to see yeah for Still. sure evan what is your favorite kill i'm gonna i mean i love the kevin bacon one but just to be different i'll i'll say um i can't remember her name but the one in the bathroom with the axe Oh yeah, um, the one bathroom with the. Axe. I just I just like that one because it's so it's it's well done the makeup and everything, but it's so awkward because there is that cut where like we see the axe and then it cuts to her and she just goes like ah and it like lingers <laughs> for a long time and then we cut and she has the axe in her face and it's not I don't know I like that kind of stuff like I just, it doesn't take me out of the movie it just makes me love it even more and I I think surprisingly this movie has a lot of off camera kills. Um, so yeah, that's very true. I was like happy that that one wasn't an off camera because it seems like it was difficult to pull off um, to film. So I give them credit for even doing it. Um, it just, yeah, it just kind of like makes me smile, even though it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you're Kevin, going Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to give a shout out too to Mrs. Voorhees, right? Yeah, so, that, that was gonna that was gonna that. be my pick because just as as I ended because it, it really it really became like a very iconic. I love the slow mo. The slow-mo, which is, like, it's not great <gasps> slow motion, but, like, yeah. and then the music, they're, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty attached. Is, is that why, do you think, is, is that why Jason constantly uses a machete and that becomes his titular weapon is because that's what killed his mom? I bet you no one I mean, thought of that, but, hey, I mean. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, kind of what they say in two, and I guess we'll get into is that he's kind of like reliving the trauma of seeing his mother get murdered, right? Yeah. The same way she's reliving the the trauma of him in the first one of of him drowning, he's sort of just like reliving that moment. So I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that that's fair. And the the only other thing I want to go before talk before we kind of like go and zoom on, I want to say is that like Alice is is a character who drinks and smokes weed right like she's not like uh and and she very clearly is in a relationship with mr christie like she's like literally is like showing a picture of like her drawing him when they were in bed last night right so like it's like there's clearly a relationship happening there so like again people like when people are really glossing over the slasher franchise they instantly go and then friday 13th part one happened it was trash and it just implemented all these like very specific stereotypes and tropes and it's like not not really like the the way that most people look at the the final girl or like the she cannot imbibe she must be like a paragon of virtue like that's not really in these movies yeah Uh, um 
So I, I just thought Specifically that. Specifically early on, you know, especially early on. Yeah, yeah, especially early on. I mean, this might be. Can, can we call out. Oh, go ahead. Nate. No, I was just saying, this Evan. might be kind of controversial, but I think that she's more of like a badass, like believable character than Nancy is in The First Nightmare. And I, because I, totally I'm very different on that movie. I just think it's a little. It's a little forced, but I think here it just feels natural. Like I believe her as a character. Yeah, that's. I agree with that. That's true. Yeah. Again, it comes down to that verite style, right? Like it's not overplayed. Like they don't yeah. have the money to like get really big bombastic performances. Right. She's not booby trapping the, the camp to, to take shots at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but like Nancy's doing some overreacting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> ah, okay, okay. <laughs> a little much. Um, <laughs> hot take. Um, can we call out the weirdest moment in Friday the 13th history is in this film when Annie, who never makes it to fucking camp, by the way, the just checks out a dog's dick for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'm like, why is this happening? Why like, did somebody, uh, somebody okay. took the time to write that line. You have to set up the scene. So she goes, she's going to like a gas station. There's a dog sitting there and she goes, oh, hey, girl, how's it going? Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, boy. And what a boy! She's like, damn, this dog is care packing. Like, I don't know. What is that improvised? Do you think? Or did I somebody mean, actually write that in a script? I want to know. I want to track <laughs> down all of the writers and be like, "Look, Victor Miller, I need to know the truth. Tell yeah. me the truth." I almost kind of prefer if she fucking improvised it and they're like, "Keep it in the film." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. It's natural. It's what kids do. They look at dog kids. I don't know. That's what's great about the series. And I know well, I would love to touch on it for every movie, but like there's always something really weird like that in every movie. Yeah. Like yeah. I think in the next one, just to spoil a little bit, like the urinating moment is oh, still yeah. to me. I always forget it's there. And then I'm like, oh, that's this weird. part. Yeah. 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 And, and speaking of that, I guess we'll just go right on to part two. Now we actually have Jason Voorhees. He doesn't have his iconic mask. He's got a bag over his head. He's sad. He's only got he's one eye poking out. Yeah. Uh, he's totally dreading. He's the town that dreaded sundown all over the place. Uh, but like the hillbilly who dreaded sundown pretty much. Because uh, he's got like those amazing like overalls. Like I know that this Jason <laughs> yes. is the most like popular design for Jason, but I I kind of love it because it's basically like Hillbilly Jason. Like I I this is pretty much like Hillbilly. I think he should have like a fiddle like every time he shows up. Like <laughs> isn't the remake Hillbilly Jason though? Oh, uh, we don't. I, uh, yes, we have to talk about the remake, so we will talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, um, is it yeah, established was... in the chronology how much? I know people have tried to parse it. How much time? Okay actually passes but what's it, what's the uh, agreed upon amount of time that has passed between interesting one in this movie just it's before a, we get going i believe okay so i believe there's a gap between the alice kill so alice is apparently killed a few months after yes the first movie and then there's this further little bit of a gap between everyone showing back up to the the camp so i think it's like a year maybe a year and a half um for some reason this is always this is always hilarious to me is like I will always see people online being like, how Jason gets so big in a day? And I was like, that's a dream sequence. He's not a zombie child. That's a dream sequence. Nobody <laughs> understands this. I've had to explain it to so many people. I'm like, that scene didn't really happen. He's a dream sequence. And they're like, no, how he get big? He little last movie. What happened? I mean, 
I'm sure the word what happened is a good good <laughs> suggestion because like I don't know how the hell this happened to Jason. Like did he survive and then just like live in the woods for a while because that's what's kind well, of implied or is he zombie at this point? I really love um because it really feels I really love the beginning of two. Like I think and we were sort of talking about this before we recorded. Oh man, the beginning the very beginning scene of part two is, in my opinion, nearly a stroke of brilliance. Like, Adrian King says she doesn't want to do any more of the film, doesn't want to be much in it. She'd been stalked um, by a fan and was like, I want to be done with this series entirely. So they're like, okay, we'll shoot, you know, we already have you, we'll pay you, we're going to use you, and then we won't use you for long. So what do they do? They kill her in the beginning. Like, can you imagine if part two of Nightmare on Elm Street began with Nancy getting murdered? Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I really love the idea of Jason just traveling to find her and then yeah. murder her in her kitchen. The first appearance of Jason, by the way. Shit. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That first no, shot. That whole scene is creepy as shit. That first shot where she appeared, that, sorry, where Jason appears, actually played by a woman. The, uh, I believe it was uh, either the cinematographer or somebody who was just like on set, and she is the one who's actually the feet that you see like start mm. crossing and doing the Jason. So I, I, I do like that idea that like the, it's kind of like almost like a reverse of uh, of part one because like a lot of those early scenes of part one were done like were a man killing them, but it ended up being Betsy Palmer, and like this one, it's like hey, it's like a female like doing Jason, and then it was a dude Jason. Um, and apparently, uh, the actress who played Alice was like getting a lot of like stalker email which kind of like yeah. and like she had like a pretty serious stalker which was kind of one of the reasons why she didn't really want to come back i hear so i mean that's understandable uh, a lot sure. of people don't like the fact that she's killed um but like i kind of like the idea that it's like even when you escape you die um we will talk about this but since the next three movies all happen in like the span of a few days there is definitely a hospital that has all three final girls in it at the end of the movie, which like <laughs> at the end true. of this franchise, which I I never thought of until now, and I just like wonder are they in the same room? Like, oh yeah, this is a Jason Ward now. Put them yeah. in there. Put them in there. Um, it's like when you realize that at one point during Back to the Future Part Three, the DeLorean exists like four different places at the same time, <laughs> and you're like. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that you're right. Sense. I never, I never thought about the fact that all those girls are, are in the hospital at the same time. Because I, that's that's what I was trying to remember. Because I knew there was a couple of them. Is it three, four, yeah, three, four, and five, or whatever that are all over the. Well, yeah, no, it's two, three, and four. Because two, three, and five. Four, right. Yeah, because five is a bit of a gap, and then that's two, right, and then it gets weird because like the timelines yeah. eventually like. If people are like doing the the hours and stuff like that, like the timeline gets into the two thousands when they're in nineteen eighty eight. So like the timeline gets a little wonky yeah. at one point. But uh, before we get too far, Evan, what do you think of Friday Thirteenth Part Two? I like Part Two. Uh, I think it's it's kind of a weird, like awkward phase for Jason because it it is like we've mentioned, like he has that bag over his head, which I think is pretty pretty cool actually. Um, and then. Just the way he moves is not really like the way that we see later, but that doesn't really bother me. Um, I think that some of the kills in this one are like a little bit more memorable to, memorable to me than the other movies, just because they're—I don't know—they're just a little more like specific with their commentary, uh, specifically the couple in the bed, and then um, I don't want to say my favorite kill yet, but there's a kill that I 
absolutely love and i think about it all the time when i'm thinking of like best deaths in movies um but i i just like that uh there's like these weird discussions about psychology and like sort of what we saw in the first movie about uh mrs Voorhees and jason's relationship not that they talk about that directly but just sort of hint on that um it seems like they're going a certain direction with the mythos and then they don't uh, which isn't a bad thing, but I just, I don't know. It's a weird, weird movie that the ending, I think, is really, really good. So I yeah. always enjoy watching it. The franchise takes a lot of weird turns with the mythos yeah, that it doesn't sure. really it doesn't really depend on. Like, there's even, like, cutscenes of, like, ah, oh, his father was here, and his mother was here, as we go on. But, like, I, I do, I do uh, catch your drift there. I like also how, in part two, they go through a lot to set up the very common tropes right like Mm -hmm. they they introduce Ginny with a beat up car that sometimes doesn't start so there you go you have that idea of like oh when she tries to get the car started when it's a moment like it won't work whereas most movies like after this like once you get to ford they stop setting that stuff up where they're just like look you know the car's not gonna work blah 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 like this one they like set it all up they have this very weird conceit where they have half of the camp leave. So, like, half of the camp is there, and then, like, half of the camp goes into town to have this, like, weird honky-tonk bar sequence (laughs) that, like, and then Jason's, like, killing everybody, which I kind of like. I kind of like the idea that, like, there are theoretically just normal people who survived this movie. So, like, they their friends are dead. Like, I would love to see a movie where it just picks up with them, like that jokester guy, and be like, hey, your friends died that time. You're like, yeah, I was too busy at my honky tonk bar. I was sad now. Um, that's exactly the great acting. There's also some weird um, edits that are like funny edits. There's like the scene where we see the dead dog and it cuts to hot dogs. And you're like, oh, well, movie. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an interesting edit. I, I think it's pretty good. Um, Crazy Ralph dies. R.I.P. Crazy O. Ralph. R.I.P. R.I.P. Crazy Ralph. Uh, I also love there's... that kill. Um, that kill of Crazy Ralph is bizarre. Like it actually it's doesn't bizarre. make sense in the real world. Uh, well, like, there's no way Jason could choke him through. Like the way his arms are, he couldn't. He like had to pass through the tree to choke him. It's really bizarre. Hey, Amen. Like, go watch that scene again. Jason's really gonna Jason. Like, Jason boy. can do anything. <laughs> yeah, if you believe anything is possible, I believe in Jason. I clap for him every time he's on screen. <laughs> I believe in Jason. The power of belief allows Jason to continue. Um, I also love the uh, that like there are like women who have agency in this movie as well. Like uh, like the sexually active and interested like the women are taking the front lines and are being like, hey, let's go out and have sex, right? Like there's like it's not just like there is that one creeper dude. Like let's be real, there's this one creeper dude who like steals a lady, steals ladies' clothes, and he's hanging upside down, and then Jason slits his throat, and I'm like, good, Jason, you just took out like a creep, good job. Um, but like the, I love the, uh, the wheelchair, uh, bound gentleman. What's his name again? You had his name, Jason. You knew his name. Uh, Rick? Was it Rick? Mark, I think. No, Mark. You're right. Sorry. Rick's the next movie. But Mark, uh, and his love interest, like she is hitting on him hard. And it's one of the best parts of the movie because she's just like, like really sweet too. It's not like, 
Yeah, it's like not like that relationship's like not is like the most romantic Friday Thirteenth ever gets. Like, yeah, it's just like she's like digging him, and they're like having conversation, and it's like not it like gets a little sexual, but it's cute kind of too. Like it's yeah, it, um, that's really cool. Exactly, exactly. Alex, what do you think of Part Two? I gotta say, I think Part Two is my least watched of the series, other than maybe five only because when i would do like oh greatest hits oh i'm gonna watch one or i'm gonna watch three in 3d or i'm gonna watch four two just was never high up on my list the more i i i I revisit it though i'm like oh this is a lot of fun but i only ever really watch it if i'm sitting down to watch all of them it it's not when i go to watch on its own but i think i might need to you know start start watching it more hearing you guys talk about it like oh yeah like i forgot how much fun stuff is actually in this movie well not exactly fun but you know fun for (laughs) fun for the series (laughs) yeah no exactly uh jason what do you think um i i agree part two is actually my least watched of the series as well but um and there's things i don't love about two like i kind of think of two though you know if we're going to compare nightmare continue to compare nightmare to friday the 13th um, I think the trajectory is very interesting, right? Because by the time you get to three in Nightmare on Elm Street, the series is at its peak, right? Friday the 13th doesn't even hit its peak until the next film. Yeah. Or, or even start getting legs until the next film. So, like, two is kind of just a setup in terms of building that character and what he becomes. I, and it's hard not to watch Friday the 13th Part 2 not through that lens and kind of see Jason as being like a form that becomes something else later. But there's a lot of really cool stuff into that makes it worth watching. Like there's a scene, um, and I'm not, man, I'm not sure if it's Virginia. There's like a scene where she's running through the woods and comes into the camper and like through the window of the camper, you can just see the bag running. Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And it's fucking bone chilling. I want to back that up. Like any movie that has, background where you can see the killer like just wildly moving about is always such a good choice and i don't know why it doesn't happen more Ugh, man, and it works so well in that scene because she's there and she's like stops to take a breath and you can still see the bag and it's like he hits the camper like full force and the whole thing shakes and it just is incredible um i don't mind the bag choice whatsoever like i think it, it's cool looking doesn't bother me at all i love the end of this film as well yeah, the uh, end where they very, where they they show that the head and she uses the psychology to fight him, and then there's another. I love the idea. I love the idea at the beginning that Jason goes all the way to kill Alice, carrying his mother's head to leave it in the refrigerator, and then carries it all the way back. I hope. Just it, I just like the idea that it was like basket case. She just had it in a basket, <laughs> and then he crossed the basket case guy, and like. Yeah. That would be great, um, but yeah, I, I think part two is is pretty is pretty fun. But I can I can see that it's not everyone's favorite, and that's fair. But um, so are you all one? Are you pro running Jason? Because I know that's kind of a controversy. Some people like running Jason, some people don't. Two, what is your favorite kill, Evan? You seem to have a good one picked out. What is your favorite kill? Uh, I'm pro running Jason for sure. Uh, and then favorite kill is definitely. I think we said his name is Mark in the wheelchair. Oh, um, yes. I, I yes. any sort of dummy work, I'm always 100 percent in. So just the watching that wheelchair fall backwards down that long staircase, and it's clearly not a person in the wheelchair, is 
yeah, that's stuff that like if you put it in your movie, I will give it a high score just because <laughs> I, I just think it's great. So that's that my freeze favorite. frame choice too. Yeah, as he's falling down the stairs in the wheelchair is unbelievable. Right, and it goes to white. They do that yeah, a lot goes, in these early in these early Friday movies. Yeah, they just fade to white, and it's How like how many steps are there? There looks like there's nine thousand like, never steps. ending. It's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I would like to see the wheelchair ramp that he gets up. Like, how does he get up that way? Yeah, like, I know. For real, dead. poor guy. <laughs> dead. Poor dude. Oh, God. Alex, what is your favorite? Um, Favorite kill? You know, I got to go with just, just Alice at the beginning. I remember part two coming on and recognizing her from the first movie. And being like, oh, cool. Like, what's going on here? Is this going to be... Is she going to be, like, the star of this movie? And then just for her to be killed almost immediately i was like okay i do not know what to expect with this movie uh this is this is crazy um as far as running jason i go i went back and forth in the early days i'm like oh no stalkery slow jason is cool but i i did i think there's definitely in my head i always found slow jason scary because i was like oh Jason's slow because he knows he doesn't need to run to catch you because that that's almost scarier to me knowing that like he knows he doesn't have to go fast because he's going to get you no matter what but I do like just the frantic it, it works for this movie I don't think it would work in a lot of the other ones but the, the franticness of Jason establishing the character I think it I, I like it for this movie nice nice uh, I'm going to give an outlier one I'm, I'm pro running Jason I also like slow Jason because like I think he's used when they when they really start playing around with the teleporting thing like I love that <laughs> so much because yeah. I find that so scary because I'd be like one Jason's already scary enough like if you had that dude chasing you you'd be scared shitless but like the idea that you turn around and he's gone and then you turn back around and he's somehow like right in front of you it's like ah <laughs> like it just <laughs> it just ruins me uh, but okay I love the cop death. Not because it's good, but because he gets like this the claw end of a hammer back in his head and he makes the it's goofiest awesome. goofiest face and scream. He's just like ah and then like <laughs> falls down like at the shack and I it kills me. It kills me every time. So that's always my favorite. I always think it's kind of funny because there's a very similar hammer death in Halloween 2 to another mm. to like a cop guy. Like he's like a security guard. But, security like, guard. I always like the the kind of like synchronicities between like franchises in weird ways. Right. Um, well, in yeah. the same year, you've got the 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 one pickaxe death from uh, My Bloody Valentine, where oh, the guy God. opens up the door to the shed or whatever, and he gets it like through his mouth and up through his eye or whatever. Like, oh yeah, that's you a that's a great that kill. <laughs> yeah, you cannot beat that one. Uh, but uh, I uh, I do enjoy the like goofy face the cop makes. Yeah. Now. We're going into three dimensions. Ooh, it's coming at the screen. It's coming at <laughs> no, the screen. Nobody can see this, but I will put on my 3D glasses. For yes. The discussion of this movie. <laughs> Love it. Yes, we are talking about Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Uh, yeah. So this is one of my favorites of the franchise, so I cannot wait to talk about it and discuss it at length. Uh, but before I talk, let's hear what some other people have to say. Alex, Friday the 13th, Part 3D, what do you think? This was the one that I have the, the fondest memories of, maybe because of 
the introduction of the hockey mask, which I knew by this point in my life, like, that's what Jason is. Like, Jason is the hockey mask. Um, but I also remember... The, the first time I remember seeing the whole movie was in my, my high school's, like, media room during lunchtime. Our teacher would let us hang out there and just watch whatever movies we wanted on the projector. And uh, a guy brought in his DVD of Friday the 13th Part 3 and just watching it. And the, the it, from the opening titles, when this the, the title explodes, I'm like, cool, we're in for some fun. <laughs> but uh, when... That- that disco theme too, when it oh, like starts, oh, is amazing. so good. Uh, but when the harpoon gets shot at the screen, I was like not paying attention, <laughs> and I turned around, and it's coming right at me. And like I, I wasn't watching it in 3D; I was just watching it on a projector. But it did genuinely like for a split second. I'm like, I need to duck. Like it did genuinely creep me out. So I'm like, oh, like this movie has a lot going for it. Sure, it's got hokey like yo-yos and. And, and pitchforks and stuff coming at you, and a lot of stuff that a lot of those bad 50s 3D movies had, but they they took a swing, and I'm really glad that they did. Like, they really swung for the fences with a, a lot in this movie, and a lot of it is, is great. Fair, fair. Let's. I want to just run around quickly some of the 3D effects in this movie. Please. <laughs> We've got snakes in 3Ds. We've got a random laundry pole. We've got credits in 3D. We've got a rat in 3D. We've got a 3D needle going through a lady's mouth. We've got 3D baseball bat. We've got a 3D eye being thrown at you by the guy who's telling you do who is like the most... He's just in there to be Crazy Ralph because they killed him. Uh, a wallet <laughs> throw. A joint pass, a punch, a yo-yo, a window breaking, bikes falling over, a pitchfork, <laughs> an eye popping out of a man's skull through yeah. and right at you, which is... That's my favorite. The effect is bad, but I love it so much. I love it too. Uh, juggling and a fire poker. Uh, I'm sure I missed a few, but I love trying to figure out every ridiculous 3D. Like some of them, like the baseball bat, it's like you would never... The way it's framed is when the RV is coming to, like, meet and pick up the last member of the cast who gets Mm -hmm. the harpoon in her eye. And it opens with, like, kids playing baseball into the frame. And, like, I love it because it's, like, when you make a movie, no one would ever stage that scene that way if it wasn't in 3D. And, like, say what you will about 3D, at least it kind of, like, plays around with the storytelling, like, storytelling avenues of the medium right like the way that you stage a scene is very different when you know you have three dimensions and plus i i shelly shelly is my favorite character in this entire franchise and i and i cannot wait to talk about shelly finkelstein uh jason what do you think of this movie well um i mean you kind of uh Set me up for that one. Shelly Finkelstein um, is my spiritual brother um, <laughs> and probably explains why I didn't get laid till I was like way well into my 20s. As, uh, you like, <laughs> as you deserve. As you deserved if you adopted um, the Shelly way of life. <laughs> um, Shelly is so, like, it's hard to describe my love for Shelly Finkelstein because like he sets up a trope that comes kind of comes back again, which is just like the character that is annoying and just like tries to play pranks. And you can see that too in scream, which is an interesting thing that they kind of do in scream as well. Um, But nobody does it better than Shelly. 
right? And yeah. he's the dude that's responsible for the hockey mask. So, like, you have to have a lot of love for him. And, and as um, as Alex said, like, this is the film um, that I probably have the most love for out of the franchise. I don't know if it's my favorite. I go kind of back and forth between this and six, actually. Um, but this is um, this is one of my favorite of the franchise, and I love everything about it. Quite honestly, yeah, no, that's fair. I, I what's interesting when you talk about Shelley is that he his they could they could have so easily done the very cheap bad filmmaking and like bad in just lesson making way of like making his love interest not have any simp like not be empathetic or like just be like cold as they kind of do in part seven where they have a similar scene and they do not handle it well but like i think it, yeah. it speaks a lot to just like the the woman's experience as well like the she's like shelly like i like you you're just like not i'm not like interested in you that way and, like, you're also, like, constantly doing these pranks. Like, you're not a bad person, and I like talking to you. It's just, like, it, you're not – I'm not attracted to you. And they and they treat her with a lot of respect and agency, and they don't make light of her. Now, I did notice Shelly calls her a bitch, and I was like, Shelly, you're the bitch. Don't be well, so rude yeah, to Shelly. What be they so like they do with Shelly is, like, right away they, like, create – the fact that he does all this shit because he's crazy insecure like they start by just being like he has um they actually give him like emotional background that they yeah. wouldn't typically with a character like that right away like he's like if i if i if, would you act like this too if you had this face like he's oh, like fucking like emotionally hollow and, 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 and it's really interesting it is interesting like and i love that the actor larry zerner is just he's a lawyer now. He's an entertainment yeah. lawyer who will appear on any podcast you ask him to. He's always down to talk this movie. He's now introducing on Milkshake. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he's been on. Uh, I couldn't ask him to do this. Uh, he's been on a bunch of episodes of Doug Loves Movies, and they're always hilarious. Like when he comes on, and he's always down to like talk and do commentary over the, yeah. the film if someone invites him to. And he's just like a nice guy. Like he makes a lot of time to explain the current lawsuit that's going on for the franchise to other fans, and does it in like a very nice way. And it's just it's just surprising that like the guy who plays Shelly is actually like a pretty big, vital, and nice part of the fandom as well. So like that's always nice. And I know we listen to a lot of these. So Larry Zerner, if you're listening to this, we love you. He seems like the coolest guy in the entire franchise, quite honestly. <laughs> Evan in the room. Oh, sorry, you were gonna say in the in in the world in all the franchises. Uh, <laughs> Evan, pro or con, Shelly Finkelstein, and what do you think of the movie overall? Um. I I mostly like him because he has a Velcro wallet, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's what I always think of when I think of him. Is that where he, the wallet gets open? I'm like, oh, I had a Velcro wallet. That was so fun. Um, so I'm gonna say this, and I will qualify it, and I don't mean it in a negative way. But this is probably one of the worst movies in the franchise. But it's like the best, one of the best ones in the franchise. Sure, because it's like for me, it's like so bad that it's good because it. It has like some of the worst acting in it, and like we were talking about, I understand that they were going for like the 3D because you know they really wanted to push that. But like so much of the scenes, I'm like, this has nothing to do with anything that we're supposed to be watching. Um, but what I will say genuinely about this movie is that it has one of the moments that I think is like the scariest in the entire franchise, and something I think about all the time. 
it's at the beginning when when, when, the, when the cops are showing up and you have to eat the weed. Is yes, that, that's the scene, that's right? <laughs> We're um, not doing that, man. We're not doing that. Man. <laughs> it's too scary. Uh, no, it's the popcorn scene. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's the um, it's at the beginning when he uh, Jason shows up at that like weird like. I don't know what is it like a hillbilly like not hillbilly like a mar- like a store. Oh yeah, the, the supermarket and that guy who's just the grossest dude, just like taking, yeah. taking bites and taking swigs out of like his it's like stuff. literally just watching him eat his way through the store. Yeah, um, <laughs> there is, but there is there is a moment where he goes outside and they have laundry hanging like the sheets and stuff, mm. and you just see Jason like walk behind one of the sheets and there's like the physicality of it and the just the lighting of everything it's really creepy like it looks like a big dude who looks really intense and there's just something about it that like if i was in that scenario i would freak out so i give them props for like that shot alone um but yeah it's it's like it's like the the monologue that the lead girl gives like about when she was younger or when what happened to her at that house it's like oh god that scene where it's like you can can kind of perceive it as like being a rape like because like it very much like she goes like and then i blacked out and you're just like what is this like and also like when it's one of those things that's like only super nerds are always crying be like so where in the timeline does this take place is this free or like because it technically doesn't even have a bag so he doesn't have a bag in that scene so yeah no maybe it's before the bag what's the origin of the bag we want to know we want to i know. don't know but it's it's like the 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 bikers are all like 45 to 50 years old and like <laughs> i and just it's something about it is so it's so charming at how bad it is um and i especially love the end like when um the dead zombie Voorhees jumps out of the lake again and she has a sweater on there's something about the sweater that also like nobody ever talks about the sweater and how often it reappears. <laughs> like, I love but, the sweater. I also love the like the the effects makeup. There's like real worms. Like there's like real yes. worms in that effects makeup, and they're like squirming and they're like wriggling around. And I was like, yes. Like why have they? Why have they never gone for zombie Pamela? Like I, don't I know. think it's. Like a zombie Pamela, like that. Like imagine if Part Five was just zombie Pamela instead. Like that would be dope. Although, like all respect to Roy Barnes, we'll get to you, my buddy. But oh, Roy! Oh, <laughs> oh so, Roy! I think just I also think about too. There's a uh, there's a podcast I listen to that reviewed this movie, and I, it always cracks me up every time I see it. But somebody asked on the show, like, why does she have the sweater on in the water? And this one guy goes, "Well, it's cold in the lake." And for some reason, that is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> um so i always so i always think about that but yeah it's like a really weird really really weird movie but i really i love watching it it's like it's so fun the whole time yeah well while we're on it what's your favorite kill um it's a good question i like the um the handstand guy because oh, i like yeah. that like oh, aerial view like you don't know exactly where it's going to come from and then you see like from underneath him that they use that like glass cam and you just see like the like it's a very violent impaling that he gets, yeah. and I think it's just it's pretty cool, like just the physicality of all of it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I also uh, I also love the scene with the hammock kill, which I'm going to give mine, uh, if only because she's reading a Fangoria that has a Godzilla article in it. And I, every time I see it, I was like, yeah. And I even know who wrote that, Ed Godrzeski, one of the premier Godzilla uh, scribes. Uh, but anyways, that's just, that's only one of Godzilla's appearances, just so you know. Oh. Also, 
by the way, in Halloween 1, one of the comics that uh, the little boy is reading is a Godzilla comic from Marvel Comics. I saw that in the theater, and I had to do uh, take a picture and brighten it a bunch, and I was like, that's a Godzilla <laughs> comic! That's a Godzilla comic! And everyone's like, nerd! 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 Uh, nerd! Uh, Alex. And then they threw their popcorn at you. And then, they, yeah, they just threw their popcorn at me, and I was like, I'm going away! I'm just trying to do a Shelly-like prank! um yeah i gotta go with vera with the uh, spear gun in the eye just oh yeah i'll never forget it's it's probably the kill other than other than jason falling on the machete in four it's like the 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 image that pops into my head when i think about friday the 13th like it's the kill that that it's it's like it's the thumbnail that plays in my brain when i'm thinking about the series so yeah, it is. It is great. It is great, Jason. I mean, I'm gonna go with Shelley Finkelstein and the mask pickup and slashing his throat, and it just it, fucking looks great. It, it does lead to that amazing scene where the stoner girlfriend is running through the house, just going, "Oh god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> yes. And it keeps going, and like she like goes up all the stairs, "Oh my god, oh my god!" She goes down the stairs, "Oh my god." Oh my god. And then Jason shows up with the fire poker, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she just—it was hilarious. I love that moment. Uh, but yeah, so that is part three. Let's go on to the final chapter. <laughs> just kidding. There's a lot more after this one. <laughs> Friday Thirteenth, Part Four. Jason, <laughs> what do you think of the final demise of Jason? Um, I, I, four, I like okay like it's a it's a i mean i know a lot of people um i think hold for in high regard um there's some things that i really enjoy about it uh crisping glover is a you know yeah crisper crisping glovering it up in here um and you know spoiler alert that's my favorite kill as well with the corkscrew um where's the corkscrew (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean um to me like Three is really where, like, the beginning of, like, Jason as we think of him is. And four is, like, where he starts, like, hitting his full stride. And for that, like, it's a fun movie to watch. Like, I enjoy four quite a bit, as I enjoy every movie. Um, I think one thing we're going to pull from this at the end is, like, Friday 13th is so consistent in terms of, you know, the qualities that you want out of it. And you're going to get it every time, regardless of what film you pick. And four... Um, I, I think four is is a very good, very good film in that in that regard. Yeah. So I mean, it's fair. it's a it's a fine it's a it's a fine entry in the franchise. Well, it's just not my favorite. Personally. This I have fond memories of this with my father because like this was one of the movies that my father watched a lot when I was young, and like I, the first time I ever saw it, I was at home watching it, and my father walked in, and it was right before the friend goes, "He's a dead fuck," and like my dad just came in, and he's like. He's a dead fuck. And I'm like, Dad, what the, what the shit are you talking about? And he's like, he put it in his computer. Do, 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 do. He's a dead fuck. And I was like, Dad, what? Are you trying to be cool or something? Like, what is happening? This parenting, <laughs> you're not doing well at this. And then it happens in the movie. And I was like, wait, you've seen this movie? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's how me and your mom got together. We just watched scary movies and made out. And I was like, I didn't need to know that part. But okay, I guess well, that was thanks. good. <laughs> well, thanks. Because I was conceived to Friday the 13th Part 4. Uh, it explains quite a bit. Yeah, it does. 
yeah, I uh, I love this one. This is one of the ones I didn't get a chance to rewatch, uh, but uh, this is always kind of good for a good time. Like it's it's one of the ones that I kind of watch just as is. Like if I'm throwing one on, this might be one of the ones I throw on. It I've I've watched it with I think I've watched it with two commentaries. Uh, that's how much I like it. And the second commentary is by fan filmmakers who like obviously haven't watched the movie in a while because there's the opening scene with all the campers who are like explaining the history of Jason, which is all reused from part two. But they're like on the commentary, they're like, I wonder how much these guys got paid. Like, this is a cool scene. They set it up and they're just for this scene. Like, and I was like, guys, <laughs> that's from part two. Just watch it together. Ultimate so, fans. <laughs> we didn't really talk about this, but like um, watching these in a row, like it's, infuriating having to rewatch the end of every film yeah, yeah. through like the first three films of the previous film it's I like mean, good yeah, lord that's fair that's fair i mean you could skip through it but like they eventually get kind of creative with them and i usually like the delivery yeah. of the stories but uh this one especially is just like it's just a rehash of all of them right um joseph zito did this and i really mm. like i really like tom savini also came back for this one so like i really like all the kills right. in it uh it's got some very weird scenes like there's a corner watching this this aerobics tape and you're just like what is happening like it's like (laughs) this trio of women just like butting up their butts together and i was just like when i was young i was like is this what porn is like what is happening (laughs) like this is so weird uh and there's some very odd scenes like that but i i think that uh if you like this movie at all you have to see the prowler which is joseph zito's other other movie and it has the best Tom Savini effects. Like, there's a kill in that movie that is, like, beyond next level, like, Savini effects. So, like, this one, I, I, I like part four. But, like, to me, it always makes me go, I need to rewatch The Prowler. Because, mm. like, that, that is, like, this team, like, at, the, at their A game. Prowler's brutal. Yeah, Prowler is a brutal film. Uh, Evan, what do you think of part four? Uh, Part four to me is always like the most mainstream of the series. Like, I feel like it's the one that you could easily throw on TV or like a network could, or like somebody who's never seen the series. You're like, yeah, you just watch this one. It sort of gives you the gist of what the series is Um, because it doesn't have as many weird things. Like, I mean, the Crispin Glover dance is like super weird, but that's more (laughs) him than the movie choice in my mind. It's just Crispin. Yeah. Even though he was on camera, he was just, yeah, they're just like, just do it and then see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird movie. I think the effects are really good, especially at the end. Um, like Alex said, with the the sliding on the machete, I think is just like so cool and so fun. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of in the middle on it. Like I don't love it. I don't really dislike it. I guess I it's usually the one I sort of skip over if I'm like picking ones to watch from the series. It's not one of my top choices. Um, but I think that uh, I the little things that I enjoy are like how often we see that the, the house that Corey Feldman lives in, like how often the mom and sister go running. Um, I just, they like really set that up like that. Oh, they're out running. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. Um, (laughs) And um, I don't know it's just little things like that, that I always enjoy. Um, But it's, it's okay overall. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Alex. I just really, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I I was just going to add like, the Tommy Jarvis stuff, like it, I, I feel Where, like the series 
kind of like gets entrenched in this yeah. kind of Jarvis stuff that I'm oh. like is the beginning of it. And I'm kind of like I don't really give a shit. See, I that's just I like the Tommy Jarvis stuff. But my favorite Tom, my favorite Tommy Jarvis is not this Tommy Jarvis. Like everyone loves yeah. the Corey Feldman Tommy Tommy Jarvis, and I was like, no, but like he is kind of just Tom Savini, which is kind of cool because he has like all those yeah. like ridiculous masks. Like he honestly, one of the heads looks like one of the Star Wars aliens. I swear to God, like it looks like one of those like aliens they were like playing the flute like anyways uh that's a holy original thing but uh that so like a lot of the effects on like the weird masks he owns are kind of great because he's basically tom savini but alex what do you think about this one and what is your favorite kill and then we'll go um favorite kill is tough i do love sliding down the machete but i think the brutality of the way coroner axel is (laughs) is killed with like the hacksaw and his head just like twisting mm. backwards, it's incredible. It's That's insi- incredible. Effect. Like, there's a lot of overkill in these movies, but that was like, oh, it, it it's because he's obviously the character that they start off with, and he's like a giant asshole to that nurse, <laughs> like a huge asshole, and every like you're really supposed to hate him, and then. That's what I love about this movie. They're like, oh, yeah, like the people you're supposed to hate, you hate, and you almost feel glad when they die. They really lean into that with this movie. It is the most, it is the most mainstream. It is the one that, like, if I, if somebody said, like, I'm only going to watch one Friday the 13th, what should I watch? I would recommend this one. Whereas with the Nightmare movies, I'd be like, oh, watch the Mm. first one. Or if, you know, if you really just want to see the, the one everybody loves, watch three. But I would recommend <laughs> I would recommend part part one for Nightmare for anybody. But for for the average movie watcher, non horror fan, if somebody's like, oh, what what Friday movie? Like, yeah, part four. It's got you're gonna recognize Crispin Glover. You're gonna recognize uh, Corey Feldman. Um, I do think Tommy Jarvis is. The studios weren't exactly shy about trying to turn R-rated things into, like, secret things that kids should love. Like, Freddy had the 900 number, which is insane. I spent a, like, I listened to all of those calls. Somebody archived them all, and, like, it's, like, an hour, and it's lame stories. Like, it's oh, pretty yeah, bad yeah. stories. But, like, it's I'm there for the Freddy one-liners. But, but with this, it's like, yeah, we're going to... We're gonna make a kid like the the real main character, like younger than any of the kids in the, the the nightmare movies have been, and and like I get why they were going for it, and he's supposed to be the hero, and you the younger kids watching who shouldn't be watching are supposed to like oh like he's this guy to look up to, like you said, Tom Savini coming back, awesome, the gore is fantastic, but it's uh yeah I don't know it's it. It's fine. It's just perfectly. It's it's fine. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one if if friends are over, I'm, I'll throw it on for a party. But I'm not going to watch it as part of my rewatch. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. And your favorite kill is Jason. I gotta agree with your. I gotta agree with your favorite kill on that in that moment because like it just works so incredibly well. Like it's such a good. Uh, good moment and like the head sliding down is just never ceases to make me go like oh my god like in like the even like the the way they have the animatronics on the eye that goes and it gives like yeah. the face i like to think this is when uh jason officially dies like i like to think of well i mean like it's pretty obvious but like i don't think there's anything supernatural with jason 
until he um like until he dies like i like to think that he like survived he like lived as some like goat man well not goat man but like as like a mountain man and then (laughs) he he met a goat man i don't know it was a nice story he became best friends the goat died that's why he murders everyone um but uh i I think that this is when he finally becomes supernatural so i gotta agree that jason head kill is, is also my favorite um evan favorite kill yeah i would go with that one mostly because i don't really remember the other kills that well i know someone gets thrown out a window onto a car right is that this yeah one? and the car was, explodes yeah, yeah I the do car like that explodes. Like, that was pretty great i know it's not a great kill but like i love the effects of it there's yeah. one where like jason well that one is great but there's one where jason like kills somebody with a hatch and like an axe through a through a door yeah and the air cannon just like sprays like shards in her face and then she like falls back with like the accident and i just love the like the the blowing of the horn that's like jason what's your favorite kill my friend um i think i already said that the crispin glover um corkscrew i just enjoy watching crispin glover get murdered yeah so hey ted Chad, <laughs> where is the corkscrew? Um, yeah. When I um, saw so, yeah. Crispin Glover, uh, I saw him like twelve or thirteen years ago in Toronto for uh, Fan Expo, and he showed did he one talk of his for five fucking hours. Uh, he did. He showed. Well, it was after a screening of his his movie. What is it? Where the entire cast is people with uh, like Down syndrome. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. And then a man with uh, c- uh, cerebral palsy, I think. And then Feruza Balk as the voice of a screaming snail. Feruza uh, <laughs> 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 Balk, why? Wait, so uh, are you talking about Return to Oz? <laughs> no, I wish. I love it that was, movie. <laughs> it was... Um, it was insane, and then after the movie, he opened up a Q&A, and the first question was like, what was with your dancing in front of the 13th part four? <laughs> and he was just like, they played a different song on the set, I was dancing to that, and then they changed it in post. And oh, then the sure next question did. was like, how come you almost kicked Letterman in the head? <laughs> um, and then and then it got really awkward because uh Fru- the reason Fruza Balk as the snail was like screaming was because one of the like cast uh of the movie like dumps salt on the snail and the snail like bubbles up and that's why she's screaming and then this like activist lady stood up in the audience and was like I can't believe you killed your snail like a snail for your art like that is so disrespectful and like Crispin Glover trying to like rationalize with this lady but in like the most Crispin Glovery way he's like ma'am you have to understand and <laughs> he's he's like just stumbling like stuttering and it was uh it was really awkward and uh, he he was trying to do this weird presentation before the movie, and then he couldn't get it to load on the 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 theater's uh, projector. And then him trying to use his own Mac Mini, and he hooked it up, so we got to see like all this weird shit that was on his desktop, <laughs> like all these like <laughs> pitches that he was writing, uh, and something. One of the files said something about uh, Zemeckis, or it was like Zemeckis sucks. Like it was like before they passed things up. It was yeah, so. He felt so mad about oh the future too. He oh said the jacket sucks on his lap. It was. Oh my god! It was so weird. Or, or maybe he had just seen Mars Needs Moms. 
Oh, yeah, (laughs) that could be true. That could be true. All right, so you got it straight from the the mouth. Uh, The Fruza Bulk Snail Kill is the best kill in Friday 13th. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that presentation he gave before the movie, was it a multi-level marketing scheme? Uh, No, it was uh, even stranger than his (laughs) movie was he... He did something where, I forget what they call it, but he would find old books and he would find passages from them and then, like, take them out and make a new book using passages from other books. So he would, like, scratch things out and, like, copy and paste and make this weird new book and it was about, like, this girl killing rats. And then he was, like, selling signed copies of the book and he was doing a a dramatic reading of the book where he's like, and Sheila killed the rat! And, like, it was was the weirdest (laughs) night of my life. Okay, wow. Well, wow. that Yeah. The I mean, reason I asked if he ran for 5 hours is I remember talking to a friend of mine who went to go see him and she was like I never thought I could like get sick of weird fucking celebrity shit, but she goes around 2 a.m. He was still going strong oh, and man. I was just like I think I understand his point and left in the middle yeah. of this fucking presentation. Yeah. I well, I it might have been the same presentation cuz he went for a while and then afterwards, he was doing the Q&A with signing his book or whatever. And because I had missed the GO train, my friend's like, oh, I'll drive you home. I'm just waiting around to meet him. So I was waiting at the theater until 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> waiting for him to stop talking to everybody. Uh, and it was, I'll never forget, it was the Bloor Cinema in Toronto. Uh, most of the theater staff had gone home. And in the lobby, they had left uh, some of the film cans the big cans, because I guess it was like, oh, they had finished showing the movie. It was going to get picked back up by the distributor. And just sitting there in the lobby unguarded was like a complete 35 millimeter print of Rocky Horror Picture Show. But I was like, nobody's paying attention. I can just walk <laughs> out of here with this. But then again, the fuck am I going to do with a 35 millimeter print of a movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I we've learned a lot. Yeah, welcome to the uh, Crisping Glover cast, welcome where we just talk about Crisping Glover. <laughs> no, God, no, I do not want a Glover cast. But you know what? Something that might even be worse than Crispin Glover's presentation. Let's go on to Friday Thirteenth, Part Five, yeah. the new beginning. You Wait, know, it's good. Time out. No, do you guys still have five more of these movies to do. No, we have like way more than that, which is why. <laughs> Just wait. We're going to speed through these. It's going to be dope. It's going to be quick, quick, quick. Friday 13th, part five. It's the one where Roy Barnes is a killer. It's sleazy as hell, but has some amazing kills. There's a song even written about it. I don't know if anyone's heard about that. It's called, like, Wolfie Doesn't Know or something like that. Wolfie's Just Fine. Oh, Wolfie's Just Fine. Thank you. And it's it's a song about a kid who sees the topless uh, hedge clipper... kill and it like he wrote a song about how much it affected his life and uh it was kind of crazy because it was like the first time he saw nudity and he like fell in love with this girl and then he's like oh no she's dying oh my god and it's like it's it's like a crazy it's a fun song uh which is that's also my favorite kill because like i like the physicality of like he like stabs her and then there's like the like scene where he has to like there's a bit of a struggle and then he like goes and then like slices her slices her eyes but I like. I can watch. Facts, two fun facts oh. about that: the uh, actress's last name was Voorhees, who got stabbed with, in that scene. So, uh, good, good last name casting. And then that song was unbelievably 
written and performed by the guy who plays Taco on the FX series The League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go, John LeJo. Doing <laughs> he is fucking awesome. Like he's great, anyways. Like he has a lot of great music that he, uh, uh, comedy music that he does on the inter- on the internet. Fair, fair. Let's talk about this sleazy movie, Jason. What's your sleaziest thing about this movie? What uh, do you think about what do you think about Fake Out, Jason? And what's your favorite kill? I mean, I, this is my least favorite film in the whole franchise, oh, uh, personally. If the remake didn't uh, exist, maybe we'd have a discussion. But. Okay, well, I'm not counting the remake. Not counting the remake. This is my least favorite in the original. Um, you know, because we're not going to talk about the remake because it's fucking garbage. <laughs> we're going to briefly um, talk about the remake. Do all the same. I'm not talking about it. You can <laughs> talk about it. Um, I like the remake. Um, yeah, you're wrong. Uh, get, uh, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I uh, my favorite kill probably you know the the garnishers fucking great um thing i do like about this film is a lot of fucking people die in this movie like there's a lot of kills in this film um way i I might be the most i don't know i'm not sure i didn't keep count of that but it feels like there's more kills in this film than any other which is weird considering you know it's just some dude um i think i think jason goes to hell and jason x actually have more kills but like it's close like there's a lot of kills in in this one i really love the uh kill of demon um who's just taking a shit oh baby baby. (laughs) Uh, so that's probably my favorite kill nice nice evan what do you think of this sleaze-tastic sleazer piece yeah, it's really bad. Uh, the whole thing is really bad. Um, but it's yeah, like the 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 throw off of like who is the killer, and we have all those horrible scenes that are like totally telling us that he's <laughs> he just, the killer. He just stares at the camera all much. Uh, There's this one scene where he's like, "Huh? Were you talking to me, Sheriff?" Yeah, and he's like, like, "No, like no one was talking to you." Right, and I'm like, "This is who's who's having fun with it." Um, but. Yeah, it's it's a really weird movie. Um, I do. Lo- there's a lot of little things I do love in it. Um, I I think Reggie the Reckless, um, the way that he screams is like something about it is so good because <laughs> it's just so high pitched and he does it all the time. And I just I think it's like one of the best screams in a movie. Um, and uh, I do like. I like the attention to detail that Roy goes through to have not only a Jason mask, but also a mask underneath the Jason mask to make him look <laughs> like he has Jason's head. Um, that was but he, like, but he can't get the triangles right. That's all. I that always bugs me. I was just like, I was like, why? Why do you have the blue triangles? I like it because it like sets this mask apart and like this design, I guess, apart. But like the blue triangles always bug me for some reason. Yeah, it's like his own little flair he had to put in. Um, my favorite kill actually is not Jason related uh, or Roy related. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> when Roy's son dies because it's so out of the blue. Like it's still to this day. I've seen this movie so many yeah. times and every time it happens then that, that guy that lives there that's just pissed and has anger issues and just like destroys that kid eating chocolate like it just always makes me go oh yeah that's right this is how this movie starts basically um that i think is like the probably the most twisty thing that the movie pulls off yeah for sure for sure alex i know you like flashed us and said it's showtime before we started the show but uh aside from that very obscure reference to this movie uh what, what, i'm just kidding that didn't happen uh what, what did you think of this and what is your favorite kill um, I remember going into this one with the, like, people just telling me, like, oh, it's it's the worst one, because I don't think when I watched them all 
originally this was one of the ones that was on. Um, so I remember going into it with a, a bit of hesitation towards it. Um, you know, it is it is weird. Is is I, is this the one where the the yuppie couple gets killed and like they do the 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 credit card joke like oh never leave home without it is that no no, no that's okay. the next movie because it's yeah. American okay, ex- it's American excess they that's right it's not that's American right American. my bad um no there's this movie's so strange uh it's one that again doesn't come up as often unless I'm doing like a complete rewatch um I don't hate it the way everybody does I just don't love it um and then as far as favorite kill uh the 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 head getting like with the the leather the leather strap up against the tree i just remember being like that's gross like just being like that is so (laughs) gnarly um but i also remember before i watched this everyone being like oh when you get to see that girl's tits when she's on the blanket like oh it's the best and blah 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 and when i finally saw it i'm like yeah like she's like yeah she's pretty she's great and everything but I think at the time I was like, oh, no, like that other girl, Violet or whatever. Like, I think she's the cute one. Like, I remember being really into the alt girl, whatever one she was. Yeah. Just being like, oh, no, yeah. Oh, she's the, the one, one who does the best. The one who does the best dance in the history of time. Yes. yes. The, the robot. False. The robot. Oh, I forgot that that was this one. Yeah, I do like that scene. <laughs> yeah. Crispin Glover's dance is the best dance in all the human <laughs> See, I'm totally team Violet. I like I like her dance. I actually like her song. I was arguing with uh, Andrew a few episodes ago that it's the best song of any horror movie in the 80s. <laughs> I think it's good. I mean, it's fine. It's fine, but it's not the <laughs> Alice Cooper song that opens the next movie. Oh, anyways. true. Anyways, anyways. Uh, I'm yeah. also team Violet, by the way. Team Violet, Violet is great. Violet is great. She gets like a very disappointing death. Like her death is just like a close up on the stomach stab, McStab. Yeah. So uh, there's not a lot of creative deaths on this one, but I do like the flare gun, the flare death where she like the greaser guy gets like a flare down his throat, and I do like some of the weirdness with the like hillbillies who live nearby. Um, this version of Tommy is a very weird aggro version of Tommy who just wants to fight everybody and is barely the same character. Um, also funny this guy who played tommy went super christian and decided he was too good to be in the next movie which i'm kind of glad because that brings us to part six which has both my favorite tommy and uh i think has uh become my favorite of the franchise although seven is very close it's alex was alex was talking because like this is alex's favorite movie and maybe that's what kind of like got got its hooks into me because uh alex is such a friday head and we've talked about it a lot so like maybe this is what kind of has helped the switch but i love this movie i watch it all the time i just watch it not connected to anything um that grave digger is just gonna be me in a few years i'm just gonna be (laughs) staring at kids being like some folks have a strange idea of entertainment (laughs) and then maybe maybe you can get riverdale to write you in as an elderly grave digger next season (laughs) an elderly grave digger no even the grave diggers have to be fuckable on riverdale let's be real (laughs) um but uh aside from the (laughs) but yeah so uh, i love this movie and I think it's really funny. And I think a lot of the, the inside funny, silly jokes work. It has a very loose tone, but also some very crazy kills. 
Uh, a lot of these kills, this is when the MPA really started to cut down some of the kills. Uh, part 7 is butchered because of that, but uh, there are some uh, kills that were shortened a bit from uh, this one. Like, you actually see the main cop, Sheriff Garrus, who, like... In my favorite kill. Yeah, when he gets, like, folded in half. Uh, that was actually a much longer scene uh, in the original cut of the film. But uh, I think my favorite kill, just before I hand it on, I think, I don't know why... But it's just that one that Jason just hits with a throwing knife in the head and he lands perfectly in the canoe. I don't know if it's just his pratfall or, like, the way it looks or, like, the physicality behind it. I just love it. It introduces uh, Jason's utility belt, which he doesn't come back with. But, like, I'm full on down for Tim Tim the Taylor Toolman Voorhees just taking people out and being full on Batman. But uh, that that's me. Um, Evan, what do you think of part six? Jason Lynch. It's cool. It's cool that you said that because I this is my favorite of the series too, and I don't meet a lot of people that like six a lot. Um, I think six has like a really good mix of like cool kills. Um, the story I like that they have like a plan of what to do with Jason, um, and I like that there are actually kids in it because uh, Alex sort of touched on this with part four, but like these are all movies centered around camp, but we only get the camp counselors. We never actually get to see the kids and what they would experience with Jason. And I do like that. We get scenes where like Jason's creeping around and there are actually children around. It just makes it a little bit creepier than um, just we're setting up camp again. Um, and, uh, and, and the kids are surprisingly good actors. For, yeah. Like the one kid that's like, what did you want to be when you grew when up? You grew up? Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. It's, it's like witty humor too. On top of that. It's pretty fun. And the kids are reading Sartre. That's how you know they're really smart. Like they pan over the books, and one of the kids are, are is reading John Paul Sartre, which is oh, yeah. which is great. I Sartre... think he's reading No Exit. Right? It's a joke yeah. on. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Because Sartre is Sartre. Uh, <laughs> Jason. As aside from the uh, Riverdale writers who just referenced Sartre and never actually read anything fucking by him, these kids are smarter than the, the writers of Riverdale. That's all I'm saying. Like, maybe, um, but like, let's be real. Uh, just wait till I read a passage from the Jason X novelization because they bre- definitely reference Nietzsche. So you, you, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Um, yeah, I really love this film. Like, this is definitely the one I would put on just to watch. Like, I um, I love, like, his... his I don't know. I, I find the deaths particularly gnarly in this film, too. Like, I I really love this film. This is one of my favorite... If three and six are my two favorite Friday the 13th films. And um, this one just works for me all the way through. I think there's some decent acting as some people have said i think especially watching this in in order and this film becomes much better having watched the previous one right before it because i watched these two back to back and this film is head and shoulders above the previous film that's, um, that's I, right. you know i think this is a, a really good entry in the in the franchise also weirdly the only one without nudity uh which i kind of mm-hmm. like because like i i never watch these for nudity like that's not i just I want to watch yeah. Nudity, like, there's so much other venues for me, right? Like, it's like I don't need to watch Friday 13 movies. So they like always seem kind the of... The gr- internet. Yes, they always seem rather <laughs> gratuitous in these films. And yeah. uh, people... people. This is a real weird sticking pe- point for some people where they're like, I it not to be nudity! It's got to be nudity! And it's like, Shelly, get out of here. You were dealt with three movies. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Well, and that's, uh, that's the thing about 
it still has that like which i think is a like a good sex scene and the woman's in the half shirt and like half shirts are fucking hot um, well okay so, you say it's a good sex it's just dancing she's just like dancing on top of them she's just like yeah and so it reminds me of anyway i do have i do have some non-nonsense to say about that scene um not not pervy stuff for a change um so that scene that actress that's uh in the half shirt dancing on top of the guy was cast as the uh uh, woman that gets stabbed in the woods in part five she was cast in that role and then the sleazy director of that like uh you know was just talking about how he was gonna sleep with her and she was like this is bad news and he uh like fired her um for not sleeping with him and then she still got paid for the movie so i'm so glad she's in this movie because she got totally you know fucked over for the previous movie and that's one of the reasons there's no nudity was she didn't have anything in her contract and they were like hey you want to take your top off and she's like you kidding me you remember the last fucking movie wow well that's good that's that's some interesting interesting factoids uh alex i know we stole a lot of your thunder i'm sorry i hope hope we didn't steal too much of it uh let's wax on about your favorite film the franchise okay uh this had been one that i remember i remember watching it in when i was younger and just being like oh it's fine whatever but when i did my entire series watch in one day uh a couple years ago where i started at 6 a.m and i watched every movie and the the remake all in one day when you're sitting there watching them all and you have you get to the middle of where you it's just about the middle and then part six comes on, and I just remember being like, oh, whatever, and then just being blown away, like, oh, this movie actually has a story. This movie has jokes to tell. This movie uh, has acting, has has characters that I'm supposed to root for, has characters I'm not supposed to like, but I, I'm not necessarily, I don't want them to die, like the sheriff. Sheriff's an asshole, but I don't necessarily want him dead. Um, Certainly not that way. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um... It just, I couldn't believe... And they do a good job of setting up his kill because he's looking for his daughter. He's, like, not being an asshole for a minute, so you have some sympathy yeah. for him right before he exactly. dies. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they really thought about a lot with the characters, um, and it really did just blow me away. I was really shocked at just how, how great it is. And, and it is the one that, if I'm just in the mood to watch one of the movies, it's it's the one I throw on. And And as much as I'm... I'm not. I, I don't hate on the nightmare movies. I don't. I don't dislike them. I think if I'm going to say one positive thing in regards to the nightmare movies and these, I think this movie sort of took a page out of the nightmare books and was like, you know what? A lot of people want to see like these fun, creative, over the top kills, the way that the that Freddy's doing them. Like we've had Jason do some pretty crazy kills, but like let's get creative with them. Let's get fun with them. And I think. You, you you could argue whether or not that was the influence of, of the, the Freddy movies, but I think it is, I I think it definitely rubs off on it a bit, and I think it's for the better. Um, and then I think my favorite kill uh, is the um, the girl in the, the RV bathroom oh. with, like, oh, her man. head pressed into the side of the RV. Yeah, like, I, just, I love that effect. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a, a cheesy effect. Again, like if you're gonna say anything about Nightmare, like they used it in the first one, but I, it's such a great effect that anytime I see it, I'm like, oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's so good. It's so fun because, like, again, 
like cord is like driving the truck like like listening to like be my frankenstein uh by uh alice cooper which he also did the theme song for the movie and he's like yo man having a great time back there like what's going and then like he keeps like rattling he's like whoa must be a big one don't have too much fun i'll be back soon and i'm like what is happening i love that character because he's just like what ba doo ba doo um and then like they're that silliness is intercut with some like really scenes of just brutality like what he does to the one camper like you don't see it there's like one counselor you don't see what happens to her you just see the aftermath like he like takes he like closes the door and like just kills her and like then at one point characters like go into the cabin and it's just splattered with blood everywhere and like i find that like really scary because you're like what happened there like that is terrifying like i have no idea of what happened there and uh in a lot of ways it was the peak of the franchise and in a lot of ways although the 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 thing is it wasn't peak as far as monetary turns this is when the downturn for how much money it was making and how profitable the franchise was uh would kind of kind of shift and would eventually lead to a new line acquiring uh the franchise uh and uh i guess that brings us on to Part seven, the new blood. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, time out. I'm gonna leave. Um, much to yes. your uh, happiness, yes. but I do want to. I wanted to. St- I was wanted to stay on for this one because six is my favorite as well. It's amazing we're talking about. It. That's pretty rare, but it's. Uh, and I think it is because, it, as you guys talked about, it's not just does something different, which you know, fucking uh, goes to hell does something different, and we all know my thoughts on that. Um, I like that the the cinematography is just crisper like this one and four i think are the only two that look like actual movies and as you all talked about it has it has characters you actually care about and it has a guy getting his head bashed into a smiley face carved in a tree (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and like that as it's fun that it's great that you reference that because like that scene is amazing because it's like literally an angry internet commenter who gets like killed by jason and i couldn't be happier <laughs> it's like this guy who lost that paintball because he got hit by like the female player and he's like the woman how dare this woman try to emasculate me i have this machete and i am a man Next thing you know, they're going to be Ghostbusters. <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> they're going to be Ghostbusters. And they're going to be in Congress. Urgh. And then Jason just like takes him out. And I love that scene because his face smashes against a smiley face tree. And then Jason just has his arm attached to the machete and just like looks at it, like does like the little like dog head turn, like what happened here? Uh, I, I yeah, as much as Kane Hodder is rightfully praised for his performances after this movie, the guy that does Jason in this movie has some pretty cool, like Michael Myers esque, uh, you know, slow movements. Yeah, I, I'm, I must say, I think this is my favorite Jason. Just overall, everything about this Jason is probably my favorite Jason. But let's go. Well, actually, no, I have a different favorite Jason. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it the uh, the Black Coroner and Jason Goes to Hell? We um, no no it's the uh, case file. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Get out of here, you uh, hater! Well, yeah. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me fucking uh, crash the party. Uh, this is uh, Thor, and uh, I just want to say that the rest of their opinions about uh, part eight and Jason goes to hell will be incorrect if they say anything positive. You're wrong. We're gonna pray the hell out of those movies. Get out of here. Mm. Get. Bye. <laughs>
I've become that character from part five. Uh, anyways, so let's talk about part seven. So part seven was the first time that they started talking about Freddy versus Jason. So they couldn't actually get the the rights because neither studio could kind of agree at that time because both New Line New Line was like, "Hey, I'll come in and do this, but you know, uh, let us for, like let us uh, have control of all the release rights, right, and get all the money for all the releases." And then uh, Paramount was like, no, 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 no. You can give us, we'll buy Freddy from you, and then you, we can release the movie and get all the money from it. So, like, they couldn't agree for the longest time, and that's why it didn't happen. But because everyone was so pumped, they wanted to have Jason fight some type of adversary here. And that ended up being people pitched it as Jason versus Carrie, which is how we get the wonderful, the splendid Friday Thirteenth Part Seven: The New Blood. Uh, I love this movie. Sure, it's very illogical, uh, but it does have like the best final twenty minutes of anything in this franchise, in my opinion. The perfect ending to just an amazing movie because Tina. I love the final girl, Tina, because she's like going full on psychic powers and just whooping it. We've never seen Jason until he goes up against the other. Uh, bay of the franchise km uh in jason x we've never seen him fight anyone uh who is quite on his level and can actually like kick his ass right so there's like the first time it's like a fair fight and jason has to like be like what the hell's going on uh this is the first kane hotter jason uh and i love the look of the mask i love the look of the decayed look that he has uh full-on decayed zombie jason uh is pretty great um I, uh, my favorite kill is beyond, without a doubt, it's probably the one that nobody else is going to pick, but I love the Melissa kill. I love that scene where Melissa opens the door and she's like, guys, there's no such thing as Jason. He's not real. You guys are cuckoos. <laughs> and she like opens the door and then Jason just smacks her on the head with an axe and yeah, then... Yeah. There's the added disservice of he picks up her body and just chucks it. And it just, like, goes <laughs> flying across the room and, like, lands in a corner and just flops down, like, behind, like, a like a TV stand. And it kills me every time because, like, I love that the stunt woman was so committed to that. Or stunt man. I'm not sure if they put someone in a wig. And just, like, flopped. Did, like, the flop. And you can't even, like, see them, like, try to, like, uh, like help themselves. So it's, like, so believable. Uh, I also just love the character of Melissa in general, so that's probably why. Uh, I know we're supposed to hate her, but when she is, like, when she rejects the advances of the nerd guy in this movie, I'm like, you go, girl! That guy sucks! He's not even referencing real sci-fi movies. He's just like, oh, on Galacticon 7! And you're like, shut up, nerd! Find a real thing to, like, make. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my opinion on Friday 13th Part 7. Gotta love Carrie. Jason. Yeah, um, I I really like this film. It's very silly. Um, yeah. Just the idea of Carrie versus Jason, as you said, is just a silly but a fun idea. Like, I, this film has a lot of silly shit, and I think you alluded to this earlier. Um, some of the violence is toned down in this film, um, which I wish it kind of got turned up because I wish it kind of got a little even crazier in terms of the gore because I just think of there's so many opportunities um, with the psychic versus Jason that could be really fucking gory and interesting, and it doesn't ever really get to go there. Have you watched yeah. the deleted scenes, the deleted kills? 
Yeah, well, yeah. They are amazing. Amazing, The, the, uh, because John Carl Beekler, who is the director of this episode, episode, sorry, we talk about Riverdale too much in this fucking podcast, everything's episodes. Uh, Although this is kind of an episodic series, so it kind of works, but uh, in this movie, uh, he was a special effects director, so there's a lot of really good special effects that got cut on the cutting room floor. There's a head crush scene in the deleted scenes for, like, the kills that would have been the best kill in the entire franchise because the head crush is done in such it's so clear like it's like really clear on screen the effects look amazing as they like slowly crush the head and like that seeping out of all the pores like it's crazy and i actually yeah. wrote an article all about the lost kills of friday 13th on uh bloodygoodhorror.com so uh look that up folks that yeah kill. i mean um one just because it's so stupid. One of my favorite kills is the party <laughs> there through her eye. The, the um, sound, the sound is what makes it. The yes, <laughs> it's just dumb. Um, it, but when I think of Jason, like in my head, like if I'm just trying to picture what Jason looks like, it's this Jason. So um, for that, like I, I don't know. I, I love this film. It's just fun. I, it's not my favorite, but it is a, a fun film and easy to watch. And uh, with an interesting premise. Yeah. No, that's and a great final girl. That's fair. For sure. A- Alex, do you subscribe to the cult of Tina? Um, I'm not going to lie. For a while, this was in my bottom, like in the bottom of my movies. I just, it felt off to me. Things felt weird. It felt like now that you mentioned like, oh, them trying to set it up as, as a potential Freddy thing. Like it did feel... Um, like abandoned ideas stitched together to make to make a movie um but i do remember rewatching it and just thinking like oh this movie knows what it's doing like it's it's having fun and i think the first time i watched it i didn't realize that they were trying to have fun with it and watch when i watched it most recently i'm like oh yeah like i do i still don't love it but i have a new appreciation for it um and I d- it does bum me out that a lot of the kills really were cut down, like you guys were talking about it. It 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 definitely needed to really lean into it, especially with the fun they had in the last movie of just the gore and the silliness and just ramping everything up. And the fact that they almost had to scale back on this one is is just a bit of a letdown. Um, it's it's one I'm going to have to revisit again. Like I am every year I look at the calendar, I'm like, okay, when is the, when are the Friday the 13th this year? When am I going to try and like book the day off work and do my complete rewatch again? Uh, all of them in one day. And, uh, I'm looking forward to rewatching this one. When I do that, I don't think I'll watch it on its own, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing it again. (laughs) Although I think I decided this year when I watch all of them in one day, I, I might go backwards because, watching oh. them all in order it's it, it was just like by the time i got to midnight and i'm waiting for the the remake to be over i'm like oh, if i could watch the remake at six in the morning and then be looking forward to watching one at the end i think <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna have more fun <laughs> that's true that's true that might be a good 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 realm of choice but another thing that like you mentioned that having more fun with it i just love that at one point in the movie uh, inexplicably 
Jason just, like, finds a tool shed, and, like, for the next, like, five kills are just random tools. Like, he gets a weed whacker, <laughs> and you're like, Jason, where the fuck you get that weed whacker from? I love yeah. that kill, dude. Resourceful kill. Jason. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, my favorite kill is the sleeping bag, because... Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean... Classic, classic. Yeah. Evan, what... Um... I'm sort of, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but like this movie's okay to me. I, I've That's never, right. sort of like what Alex was saying, like it always felt forcefully weird. Like I like, I like mm. it when it's like unintentionally weird and goofy and just like, this is so over the top. I can't believe this is real. This just felt like almost like by committee, like let's make a really weird one. And, and, and just, I don't know, Tina, like I like the last part of the movie where they're fighting, but her as a character is extremely annoying to me just because I just That's some a, any character that runs like literally every scene she's in. It's her leaving the room like that's how she gets out. She runs away from every conversation and it just drives me <laughs> insane. Um, but uh, I I think like Jason as a character is really cool. I think a lot of the makeup effects are really awesome. Um, I don't really have a favorite kill. I will say like my favorite moment, though, is. And I do think this, like, if there was more of this moment in the whole movie, I would have loved it more. But, like, when Tina picks up the potted plant that has the head in it and like, headbutts Jason with it, like, that yeah. is uh, that is playing with your with your theme really well and, like, really going for it. And I just, I love that moment and I wish there was just a lot more like it. I, I do love that moment, but, like, every time it happens, I just wish that she had said, heads up, Jason, yeah. and then, like, thrown it. I just want a line. I just want a line. It's like one of those movie moments where I'm just like, say the line. It doesn't exist. Say I, the line. That just makes me want to see a remake of this film with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the role of Tina. Heads <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> up, and Jason. Heads up, Tina. Right. <laughs> My father is in the lake. We must yeah. find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also the way this movie ends because like they don't do the dream sequence that like uh, they're like calling back to the dream sequence but in this one it's just the reality that her undead dad just comes and like wraps her wraps jason and jace mm. and then drags him back into the lake and you're like okay sure <laughs> yeah. That's causing That's yeah. what happens. It just it's your abusive dad. Like they set up that he's at a bad dad. Like he's beating the mom, and then at the end of the day, he's the hero. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe like he went to AA when he was dead, like zombie AA or something. Like I don't, I don't know, but he's the hero, and it it's never touched. Like a lot of things about this movie are just like they're never they never talk again. Like they never talk about it again. So when we go to Jason takes Manhattan, which we're gonna go right now. <laughs> Honk, honk, we're going on a boat. Somehow this connects to the somehow Crystal Lake it connects to the ocean. Uh, and, the ocean, yeah. And we're going on a trip. Um, they never mentioned like it's it's almost like seven didn't happen because he's he Jason is in like the exact same spot as he was in at the end of six, right? Like I think mm -hmm. he is. Like I think he's just like tied up at the end of in the lake. Uh, and like he gets hit by a power cord and he just shows up and he just like takes takes out these two kids and then somehow drives a boat to find like more kids to spend more times on a boat. He's oh, just actively running away from seven. He's uh, it's crazy. It's I I kind of love yeah. it because it's like so much of it is just like Jason on a boat. Uh, yeah. But like you know, Jason takes Vancouver is uh, is not a <laughs> is not a terrible entry in the franchise. Uh, there is a moment that I just have to talk about right now 
there's a, in the credits a character is Irish cop, but the cop is so clearly a Vancouver actor. Like he has like the Vancouver accent to a T, <laughs> and the movie's credits are like Irish cop, and I was like, what? Who believes that? (laughs) One, I would feel bad at the call sheet if I was Irish cop, and that was my entire purpose, was to just show up and die. Yeah, up in Um, the morning to you, eh? (laughs) Up in the morning to you, eh? I bought your Timmy's. Hey, a big hockey fan, Jason. What do you think of the Leafs? Um, But yeah, I, I, I think my favorite kill from this one it's just because it's like it's brutal. Like it's like this weird brutal kill is like the the strangling kill on the dance floor. Mm. Like I like the way it's lit, and it just feels terrifying to me because like I really like that character. Like she doesn't get a lot to do, but I really like her character. So like it, I don't know. It just it, it always <coughs> sticks with me, and I love the lighting in that scene. That's full teleporting, Jason, because he just like teleports everywhere and is like everywhere she looks, he's in like a new spot, which is like really scary to me. And also, this is my favorite Jason design. I don't know what it is. He's just so slimy and gross. Like he's covered in slime all the time. When he's got his mask on, when he takes his mask off, he looks like a discount garbage pail kid. But like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that, and he becomes a baby at the end of this movie, which has yes. like even like it somehow goes from like crazy ending to part seven to even crazier ending. <laughs> Welcome to New York, where they just flush the sewers with toxic waste at midnight every night. And that not only it doesn't turn you into a superhero, you don't get spider powers, you become a baby. I don't fucking know how you just become a baby. In a the, baby or a chud. Those are the two options. Yeah, baby, baby chud. Was he raised by the chuds, and that's how part nine happened? Like I don't know. But the chud raised him. But the chud shows up. He, he gets reverse toxied, which is just yeah. so strange. <laughs> he turns into Melvin Ferd at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my! Oh dear Lord, Alex, what do you think of Part Eight? Uh, you know, it's this was definitely because I love not to get too ahead of myself, but because I love uh, Goes to Hell so much. When I did my rewatch in one day, this was the one that felt like the longest slog. Just knowing what I had to look forward to, but I had to get through this to get to it, and it's so slow. The like Jason, if not for the one shot of Jason standing in Times Square, where I'm like, oh, that's kind of a neat shot. Like back when Times Square was still a little grimy, um, it would be like a complete write off for me. It's I don't have fun rewatching it. The whole weird plot where like the the girls trying to to blackmail the principal, like the whole sex thing, oh, is I, so I, insane. That is insane. I might add, that's our one Riverdale cast member of the entire franchise, by the way. Of course uh, it is. That Sheriff Keller's dad is the one who uh, is the... Sorry, Sheriff Keller in the first season. Now he's ex-Sheriff Keller. And anyways, Kevin Keller's dad is the kid with the videotape who's like taping her. And like, if puberty did anyone favors it was that guy because like he had he you would if you didn't know they were the same person you would have no idea there's like literally yeah. one sequence where he comes across like the principal like the the teacher the guy who's the chaperone he's like 
you don't want me to tell you your future, bud. And I was like, no, actually, he probably does, because he becomes a hunk in the future. Like, right now, he's a scrawny <laughs> little nerd. But, like, he yeah. becomes a hunk. But all the moms love him. Uh, all the moms love him. If I was going to pick a favorite kill, just Julius getting his head yes. punched off. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how can That's you argue with too. it? Like, it is the fact that they had to get, like, a special camera rig set up so that they could, like, tumble it down that roof and everything. Like, it's just, it's fun. Like it's 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 silly and it's over the top and it's it's so video gamey, it's yeah. it's like Mortal Kombat-y. It's it's just it's great. It's other than like I mentioned the Times Square shot. It's the only thing really worth watching. Harsh, harsh, but uh, <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's totally fair. Evan, uh, I'm I'm gonna be super harsh too. I like almost cannot stand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen it many times, but. Um, Last time I watched it was when Adam and I recorded it for Podslash. And you can ask him, but, like, the whole time we watched it, I was just, like, pissed off. Because I, like Alex said, it's really slow. Like, it just does not get anywhere. Like, I feel like the movie should not be called Jason Takes Manhattan. It should just be Jason takes a very long boat ride and ends <laughs> up in Manhattan. Because it's, like, the last Coming minutes. to America star. Yeah, it's just, like, okay, we get it. Like, and the cruise ship is, like, a cruise ship, but also, like, an oil rig like just there's so many things about it that are so weird and i i don't know it just it just like infuriates me like how boring it is for me at least but um like i don't even remember most of the kills other than there's like the guitar one um which again like she's in this weird five-story oil rig playing the guitar but no one's doing anything they're supposed to be doing on the cruise and, like, they could have gotten to Manhattan faster by not taking the boat. <laughs> like, I just don't <laughs> get the logic of this, of anything that's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't even, I can't even picture the the final girl or, like, what she looks like or anything. Um, I do think the only, like, sort of cute, makes me laugh kind of moment is when she's having, like, visions of Jason. And there's, like, that one in where she's in the room and there's, like, the porthole and his like little child Jason is like um, that that is like so dumb but funny to me and um, and then yeah I guess like kill I don't know like they're all stupid um, I, I would go with the head the head knockoff because it is very Mortal Kombat um, but I don't know I, I'm sorry like I know I sound really negative I just like cannot no. stand this movie like I no, just wish, okay. I wish it was not in the series at all damn like, just skip damn. from this go from 7 to 9 like I don't need 8 at all Damn. Jason, can Stephen King's uh, pen or Welcome to New York say this for you? <laughs> no. no um, I actually fucking hate this movie as well. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I've always hated this Thank movie. God. Really, I've always hated this movie. Um, and, like, in, um, as I said, like, I'm for a silly Jason film, like, but this film, which Seven does enough for me to make it enjoyable like if you're gonna put jason in new york he better be fucking just murdering people like he's godzilla like why are you gonna put jason in manhattan where you know if your premise is that he kills people who are acting impure and having sex and doing you know uncouth things because that's what allowed him to drown and his mother and all that man he's in fucking manhattan like there's people doing CD shit all over the he should just be busting um, into porn theaters and he, fucking murdering people he should be he should be going bananas he right? kills two drug dealers who are trying to yeah, drug a lady not enough. 
Uh, I want to see him fight he, the Ninja Turtles or something. Uh, like, I, he he should be doing some crazy shit in this film. You don't want him to fight the Ninja Turtles. If you're going to do something this silly... He would, just, he would just behead the Ninja Turtles. That's ninja- perfect. <laughs> like, if you're going to do something this silly, like he takes a boat ride from Crystal Lake to Manhattan, you might you better fucking go full board, and it just never does. They should have given so, him a little sailor's cap or something, like a little sailor's hat. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like the less we talk about this movie, the better. Uh, um, so and, and, um, I love the uh, the head-knocking scene, though. Just because it, the dude, Julius tries to box Jason, which is fucking amazing in and of itself, and then Jason assumes a boxing stance in return, and then fucking uppercuts him. Like, I mean, that that's... You know, if the rest of the film reach that peak, I might consider Fair. Fair. watching this film ever. Again. Um, Ken Kersinger, who does play Freddy versus Jason, is actually the diner attendant that gets thrown into the window. So that's a little that's a little scene, little tidbit for y'all, uh, <laughs> and for people who are Kane Hodder acts, Kane Hodder acts, uh, really are like, yeah, take out that. Freddy versus Jason, Jason, even though it's probably a better Jason, but anyways. Um, yeah, so that's fair. Let's move on to Hell. From Hell it came. Yes. Let let us speak about the wonders, the glory of the man, the legend, Creighton Duke, as he hunts the serial killer, Jason Voorhees. Alex, what do you think of when you hear the word Jason Voorhees? <laughs> Uh, I wish I could finish. I know there's some line about a ten year old girl, but it's like, it's like a ten year old girl, girl, girl wearing a little dress, or sticking and a like, through a bagel or something. Yeah, right? he's like sticking a hot dog through a donut. Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Duke, Duke, I might add in that scene, has like a compound. Like the guy's like, we went to Creighton Duke's compound, and I was like, who is Creighton Duke? Why does he have a compound? Because <laughs> he's yeah. Creighton Duke. I don't know. He's like. He's like American renowned real life Chuck Norris meets I don't know Spike from Cowboy Bebop like famous kick ass bounty hunter I like Dog the Bounty Hunter I guess would be like the only thing in real life to compare him to Absolutely um like it's 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 bonkers we should we should make mention that this is officially when Jason leaves Paramount and is now New Line. Jason goes to New Line. That's right. Because if you if you didn't AK buy Hell. the yeah, <laughs> if you didn't buy the Blu-ray box set when it came out originally that had all the movies in it, now the Blu-ray box set you can get is only 1 to 8 because that's the Paramount set. Mm. When and- Warner had the home video rights for Paramount's movies because Warner owns New Line, they could put out one giant box set. Which yeah. is why that tin box set or the aluminum whatever box set is now so expensive, um, because right. it's the only way to get the movies. But it's also the theatrical cut of this oh, movie, yeah. which is a bummer. Yeah, I was going to mention that if the unrated cut of this movie like really ups the ante in terms of kills because yes. it's brutal. Some of these yes. scenes, and weirdly enough, so it's like it, I own this movie digitally because of the digital version and it might be in all cases that the digital version they incorrectly 
have it ranked as R rating. But I remember before I died it, I bought it. I bought it. I literally was like texting Alex, Alex, look at the unrated times. I need to know. I need to make sure because it looks like it's the unrated cut. I can't tell. And then he like he went down, got his DVD, looked at the bottom, and he's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, I did the cross matching, and I was like, haha, Cineplex store, you're wrong. It's the unrated <laughs> cut, not the R rated cut. Please don't change it. Don't change it. Shh, Cineplex, don't listen. Uh, so uh, it's the I just own this one digitally, and I watch it quite a bit but um because the unrated cut is just is just so different and this movie just goes for it that's what i that's what i can say about this movie because like it goes for it it feels like a uh michael myers movie in a way because it's so like family based and Voorhees based which minor tangent but when i was young my first girlfriend's last name was myers and i was deathly afraid that michael was going to come and murder us all <laughs> i may have led to our breakup but because i was like your uncle's gonna show up and kill me i can't i can't with this uh so had i dated a Voorhees, it probably would have been the same way after watching this movie um creighton duke is my, my man. I love Creighton Duke. He's such a ridiculous character. <laughs> uh, the kills in this movie, as we talked about, are just insane. The weird devil worm, people eating mm. hearts, mm. Ex- explosions. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's team. actually... Yeah, the SWAT team. Creighton Duke just spying on the SWAT team, being like, I don't think so. Not gonna work, boys. <laughs> uh, scenes that imply a deeper history between the Creighton Duke and Jason because when he meets him he's like remember me and they like do their final battle so I was like that's a prequel film I need to see mm-hmm. um, when I finally watched X-Files I saw that the same actor played Mr. X in season 2 of X-Files and I was like yeah Creighton Duke teaming up with Mulder and Scully this is great he was also uh, in Supernatural as another hunter that they meet up with who uh, unfortunately becomes uh i think he becomes a vampire at one point but when they meet up with him he's basically like what if creighton duke but even older oh, and he's just like God. grizzled old seen a bunch of shit uh supernatural hunter he basically is creighton duke uh in supernatural so it's it's a lot of fun if you haven't seen those like i think he's in two or three episodes seek them out if you're a big fan of this movie Feature, look out for the Dukeverse, where we figure out every movie that's combined with Green Duke. It's going to be like St. Elsewhere. The all, all these franchises are going to be connected. But then it gets complicated because Jared Padalecki is in the remake. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Heaven. I don't want you to go to hell, but what do you think of Jason when he goes there? Oh, I've been and it's great. Um, so... This is the one I've actually seen the least out of the series. Um, I really like it. It's not for any reason other than, like, I feel like whenever I sit down to watch these, it's with people that have never seen them. And I always feel like starting with this would be a really bad idea because mm. you sort of have to explain this sort of thing. I guess the the way I feel about this movie is, like, every one of the slasher series has this movie, like the sort of family dynamic and the weird spiritual aspect to it. I think, like, compared to Freddy's Dead and, like, Halloween 6, like, this is the best of those because it just does go for it. And I don't like Freddy's Dead. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that's fine. It's, it is definitely better than the Michael Myers, like, oh, Halloween that one curse is, shit. Oh, God. Oh, okay, guys. Come on now. Uh, Come on. This so is bad. That's a, that's a terrible movies. movie, but yeah. Uh, that um, I just I just feel like this movie is there's more memorable things in it and I just like the idea of just sort of jumping bodies like that sort of idea is pretty pretty 
I wouldn't say original. I think it's just done well in this. Um, I like the opening a lot. Um, that's probably the thing I remember the most about it. Uh, with that sort of fake out, like you think it's going to be just a normal, another like woman getting killed out in the woods. And then it's sort of like that, oh no, they're going to trick them kind of thing. Um, but uh, I think I first time I saw it, I didn't see the unrated. I saw just the normal theatrical cut. And I like the unrated a lot more, which I think everybody would probably agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid movie. It's weird, but I, I think it works a lot better than a lot of the other ones in the series. No, that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, I do have questions. Why would they have a Voorhees burger? That's like... that's. <laughs> can you have any other serial killer? Can you imagine naming something out of this? Like, oh... The Jeffrey Dahmer burger? Yeah, the, no, no. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the Dahmer souffle, <laughs> or like... The Picton Menagerie, like I don't know, like there's mm-hmm. not gonna, it's not a good idea. Don't name, don't name burgers after serial killers. But yeah. I love, I love the idea that like in this world, Jason is just so famous that this town can now live off of tourism forever. Mm-hmm. It's like basically Roswell, New Mexico, and it's just like instead of aliens, it's Jasons everywhere, and I sure. love that. The diner owners are like the dumbest characters, but I love them so much. You keep your fucking hands off that bundle of joy! And she's like, cut the shot, <laughs> there's, there's such great character actors in this movie. Yeah. That's what I love yes. about it. Like, There's so many people you watch it, and you're like, I recognize that person. I've seen them in some other weird movie. And they just, they all go balls to the wall. They all just have so much fun with it. Uh, I just, I have so much fun watching it. Like, it looks like everybody making it had a fun time. Yeah, exactly. And like there's like even weird like there's like two de- the the in the cop when the two cops get their heads smashed together and their like cheeks explode. That yeah. was two like LA DJs. Like that was just two <laughs> DJs who like really like the Friday thirteenth movies and they're like, Oh, come on in, come and work this and I think like I think this is something that can only be made by somebody who's like twenty three. Because Adam Marcus when yeah. he made this was twenty three. It's just crazy, it's weird. It throws out everything that's established as far as continuity goes. It's over the top. It has some really blatant references to other film franchises. Uh, Like you have like the Necronomicon sitting there. The Kandarian Dagger from Evil Dead 2. Uh, Apparently there's even the the creep show like from the the box or whatever. The crate. Uh, Is there Freddy's. Oh yeah. And it ends with Freddy's glove. Who, fun fact, that's actually Kane Hodder. Mm -hmm playing uh, freddy's glove bringing him down so kane hodder has uh, done it both um n- not to jump back in again but i remember the first time i watched this i was with uh, my best friend max and this was after i had seen the first wave of the 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 jason movies right and we were this movie was coming on late like it was coming on at like midnight or something and he had like one of the one of the leonard malton movie guide books and he had read, he's like, you know what? Leonard Malton said something about the end of this movie is like crazy. Like, we need to stay awake and watch this whole thing because we need to see what the ending is. Because we didn't know, like, this wasn't, the the internet wasn't as big as it was. Like, you, we just didn't look everything up back then. So I remember, like, staying up and being like, this movie's insane. We were, I think we were watching the theatrical because it was just on, like, movie picks again. Um, and just being like, this movie's crazy uh what's gonna happen and then when freddy's hand came out at the end i'm like that is crazy because this was before freddy versus jason had come out like uh this was oh boy this would have been let's say 2000 
when this happened? No, it wasn't. Oh, sorry. Or when sorry, I saw sorry, it. Sorry, when, when you I, saw it. Yeah. Sorry, my, my apologies. So, it was, uh, it just... It, it it blew me away. I was just like, oh, like it's it's a little silly, but at the same time, it's great. I want to see where they're going with it. And then nobody thought it would be fucking whatever fourteen it, years or whatever it took. Yeah, like it's insane. Like the idea that they made this that they made this movie with like such a specific time period set up set up for the next sequel. Uh, really. It's funny because like all of the Freddy versus Jason like scripts, they all start with this idea that they're both in hell now because of how this movie ends. Mm-hmm. And when they made Jason X, they had to like do a huge time jump because they had to be like, look, we have we want to make another movie. It's taking so long to get Freddy versus Jason off the ground. Let's just bam do a time jump and like and that's how we got the uh, holy artifact, um, the New Testament of horror uh, that is uh, Jason X. Uh, but Jason non-x normal jason what'd you think of this movie favorite kill and then we'll go straight to the future in space um i absolutely adore this film i always have it came out like when i was a freshman in high school about saw it in the movie theater um and nobody else liked this movie <laughs> like this is one of those films that like experiences i had where i was like this film is fucking awesome and everyone else fucking hated it um which made me love it even more for some reason uh, but I, I just love how grotesque it is. Like, a normal Friday the 13th film is, sure, gory, but it's, it doesn't have, like, the bizarre David Cronenberg-esque body horror that this film has for some reason, with people eating hearts and all sorts of weird shit. And, um, like Evan said, like, I think of the weird spiritual origin stories of that are shoehorned into every slasher film, this is the best executed um, I love the beginning of this film. We didn't even talk about how this film starts. And, I mean, um, my favorite death probably, though, is, like, the car door crushing oh. that woman. Yep. Uh, it's just brutal. It's just fucking brutal. Um, but I love this film. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I forgot to throw in my favorite kill. I oh, think it would yes. be the uh, when Jason, like, punches the, the diner lady. And like punches like like right into her mouth. like it was so it's such like a great shot of him just like caving in her face by punching her so hard I'm like that's great I love it yeah that's that's amazing Evan did you get your favorite kill I forget no uh God I can't even pick I uh I don't remember how they get it the the couple in the tent oh man it's yeah. really brutal especially in it's the uncut brutal. yeah like I just like I think that's that's what I think of. The opening of this movie and then that scene is like it's just really over the top and I think it's great. Nice, nice. Now let's move on to the not too distant future. To Sunday AD. Let's talk about Jason X. Oh, Jason X. Jason in space. They ended the canonical franchise on a high note in my mind. This is a bit of co- this is contentious because we write for uh, three of the people on this call write for Bloody Good Horror. Alex, I'm sure they would love to have you, but you don't write for them. Um, but um, they, it's a huge thing where like half of the crew loves Jason X and the other half of the crew hates Jason X. And it's a con- huge contention uh, because like the, the people who love Jason X are like mostly like the older crew and they're always just like, they always give shit to any of the newer ones because every time a new person comes on, they're like, so what do you think of Jason X? You like it? You don't like it? 
good you're allowed to stay <laughs> like it's like it's like a it's like a thing and the person who actually reviewed jason x for the site luke our other co-host uh gets endless shit from everyone else because he hated the movie and gave it like a horrible score uh so like it's always just like, a fun contentious movie but i uh i fall in the line of loving this one because this was actually the very first one i saw as i mentioned good old scumbag friend chris uh showed me this one and i the kills are amazingly stupid i love km i love the character janessa i love the dialogue is bad like it's bad like the dialogue in this movie is is terrible but it's like the kind of terrible that i love like it's just cheesy over the top i adore it i've listened to the commentary for this like if you even if you hate this movie you need to listen to the commentary because i've never heard of a commentary that should have not like more should have not been included on the dvd because the writer and director hate each other like the writer and director of this movie hate each other so much and they're the only two people on the commentary and they're just bickering constantly he's just like oh look at the only scene i wrote for the movie that actually made it in he's like yeah because the other one sucked and like they just like keep going and they keep going and they keep arguing and it's amazing and before i get the rest of the cast we're gonna have a reading from the first first page of Jason X, the movie novelization, a Black Flame publication. Uh, first off, there's this great uh, four, like this dedication. It says, for Rob Fenner, chi-chi-chi, ah-ah-ah, love, yo mama. It's not <laughs> your mama. It just says, love, yo mama. Perfect. So let's, let's begin. He who fights with monsters might take care lest he thereby become a monster. <laughs> if, you, if you gaze for long into an abyss, the abyss what? gazes also into you. The fact that the young soldier who stood in the semi-dark room had more than a passing acquaintance with the works of Frederick Nietzsche would have come as an enormous surprise to the rest of the soldiers in his squadron. Well, for those who actually knew who Frederick Nietzsche was, anyway. Oh Even the young soldier's commanding officer, a grizzled career man who made a point of not caring what any of the men under his authority knew, as long as they jumped when he said, Frog, you maggots. That's a real line, frog, you maggots. Anyways, uh, would have raised his steel wool eyebrows over that one. But then, when the CEO had first reviewed the roster, he had taken note, albeit somewhat absently, that the young soldier's name was Samuel Johnson. The officer was an educated man, career military notwithstanding, and it had crossed his mind at the time to hope that anyone bearing that name wouldn't turn out to be a complete moron. So, yeah, I don't know... (laughs) I just want to give credit to the writer of this novel, Pat Cadigan, because that is the most ridiculous way to How start thick out. How is that book? Oh it's... my god! Okay, it's thick. It's thick. Also, there are, I believe, there's four other Jason X spinoff novels. Yeah, there are. I own two of those as well. Nice. I haven't read. I haven't read any of them. But like, as soon as I saw them, they're like holy grail because like. If you look online, these things are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't get... No one can get their hands on these things. So when I found it at a used bookstore, I was like, Oh my god, give me all of this. Uh, so I eventually Sweet. will read that. And uh, 
when eventually we start asking for your money and start a Patreon, the only thing you're getting is me just reading more of this book. So, <laughs> Evan. The worst advertisement in history. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Patreon. Evan. Um, did you really get the Frederick Nietzsche vibe of this film? I sure did. Um, yeah, I wrote my college thesis paper about this movie. Um, no, <laughs> I really like Jason X. Um, so back in 2015, Sophie and I reviewed pretty much the entire Friday the 13th franchise and Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Like, I did Friday the 13th, she did Nightmare. Unfortunately, Luke had already done Jason X, and I didn't know that. So I was so excited to get to that one to talk about it, and then I was like, oh, never mind. Um, but at least I got to crap all over Part 8, which was, yeah. I think I gave it like a three or four or something. Um, but, um, yeah. Which I feel like is a generous rating for that film. I know, <laughs> oh, I was, my God. Yeah, you I guys have taken a mango-sized crap to quote uh, Jason Goes to Hell on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i think jason x is really weird but like sort of the opposite of the way i felt about seven where it doesn't feel weird by committee it just it it's like they had an idea that was supposed to be really cool but it comes off like cheesy but in an endearing way and um i just think that a lot of the dialogue and acting is really bad but like there's some like kind of fun lines that um i think a lot of the cronenberg stuff at the beginning is pretty good um just the stuff he says uh, it's kind of good, and um, I love that it feels like it feels more like a Power Rangers movie than it feels like oh. a horror movie. And there's that something so fun about that. Um, like, yeah, like we mentioned, KM is like so good, and um, the the subplot about wanting nipples and like there's this. <laughs> Stuff that's just like you never would even imagine would be in this movie is in this movie. And I think a lot of the kills are really good. Like that Hell uh, yeah. I would say like my favorite one is uh that one the one blonde who like lets the two teens like go screw. She's um she's like doing I don't know, like an autopsy on his body and he like freezes her face and then smashes so it. It's so gnarly, but it's so good. Like it's I love that they play with technology with that, like I don't know. It just feels like this would only work in this movie. Um, and then I don't know, like the hologram stuff at the end is really fun. Um, I feel like it's making fun of its of itself, which I think is a really good idea. Um, I don't know. I just think Uber Jason looks awesome. Like, just it's a fun mm-hmm. movie. Like, I, I it is probably the one I watch the most if I ever just feel like watching a Friday movie. Nice, nice. Mentioning the uh, the kill with the fr- liquid nitrogen again brings me to another memory of my father who like i wonder if I've, i like this movie just because i these films just because i have so much connections to my dad we were at a cabin in the woods uh and he was just like somebody had left the last person who was at the cabin left all these old maxim magazines and my dad was actually reading the articles which again it's just like it's weird my father's a weird man uh but one of them was on friday the 13th and the best kills of the franchise and like i'm like sitting there like preparing my bed or something and i just like hear him laughing so hard at this maxim article that he's reading and like he can like barely breathe and he's like they smash her head they put her head in liquid nitrogen they smash it and i was like dad what the fuck are you talking about and he's like i'm reading this article about the best kills of friday 13th and i was like that's a maxim <laughs> like, like, yeah. like why are you reading your article <laughs> uh but he just uh he just loved that uh article and he loves that kill so uh it always makes me think of that and i think that's Oh, it's hilarious. Nice. Alex. 
I think this is the one I have the most complicated relationship with. I didn't see it until I think this is the last one I saw, uh, not including the 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 remake. Like I saw definitely Freddy vs. Jason before this. This was the one that people told me to avoid that uh, for the longest time. It wasn't even really on my radar. I'd seen, I, I, I'm pretty sure by this point, I'd seen all the rest of them. And people just spoke so poorly of it that I only really watched it because I got a, a, a used VHS copy at one point and just threw it on one night to fall asleep to and ended up staying up and being like, oh, like, this... Those people obviously never watched Andromeda or uh, the 90s um, Outer Limits. Like, if you've seen Canadian sci-fi, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into. Like, when I saw the kid, the kid who gets his arm cut off is like uh, <laughs> D- uh, Dove Tiefenbach, however you say his name, who was in the show I loved as a kid called The Squawk Box on YTV. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where it was like a kid sketch show. It was kind of like Canada's uh, All That, I guess. Um, when I saw him in the movie, and then I, I didn't know it was Cronenberg when I first watched it, but seeing so many Canadian actors and it just feeling like, this is like a really weird Outer Limits episode. Mm-hmm. Once I got in that mindset, I'm like, oh, this movie's fucking fun. This movie, it, it, it it's It's stupid. It's really dumb. Um, it has some pretty shit writing, like you were talking about with the writer and the director arguing. There's, It's clear that like a lot of this seems like it, it wasn't properly thought out or scripted or whatever, but it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's not one that I watch as often because um, my wife is the big, she's a big Freddy fan. Um, and she'll she'll watch a lot of the Jason movies with me, but this is one that if she even sees that I'm considering watching it, she's like, no, like you can go watch that in the basement, or you can watch that when I'm asleep. Like I don't want you watching that movie around me. I think she just got she she doesn't like Canadian cheese the way I do. So um, oh, it's funny. it's one that I I very rarely uh, revisit, but the <coughs> the liquid nitrogen kill is amazing the 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 hologram girls like oh let's go have unprotected sex and 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 running around like it's so silly it's so over the top um it story-wise it just sort of like it goes nowhere the whole idea like oh i'm gonna sell jason from what is it 500 years in the future this movie is yeah it's like 25 45 i think like i yeah. think and and they and the original scene that she's in like the basement like of uh crystal lake facility or something is in 2045 um right so like even that was like a it was like an upgrade yeah um, the, like i like that it sort of follows off of jason goes to hell where it's like everybody knows who jason is but at the same time like i don't know it, I mean, I guess, I guess if somebody offered me to buy the frozen corpse of Jack the Ripper, I'd be like, that's kind of <laughs> cool, I guess. Like, I, I can't fully argue with the idea, but like, this is the movie where Jason inarguably has the biggest kill count ever because he fucking blows up a space station. <laughs> like, yep. I, think, I think they went a little too far with that. Uh, but they just... 
I fucking had fun with it. It's it's one like I don't. Other than Manhattan, I don't really hate a Jason movie. Uh, even the even the the remake has has a couple things that that bring me joy. No, no, I said a couple. <laughs> I know, um, I know. <laughs> uh, but like this one gets shit on too much. Uh, people really need to just. I think if this came out now, people would have a lot more appreciation for it. I think when it came out was just the wrong time for this kind of movie. Like if it had been, <sighs> yeah. It's yeah. just it's so cheesy, but yeah, that 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 is definitely true. Um, another thing that I love uh, in that just the, another life experience that this Jason X has brought me. Uh, I I was at work like a few months ago, and like my boss for no reason just brought up Jason X. He's like, you know what's a real shit movie? Jason X. Fucking hate that movie. It's garbage. I hate it. So I come in. He's like, I'm just. I come in the next day with the movie novelization, and I'm like reading it at my desk. And like he comes in, and I was like, Oh, good, good morning. I'm just, uh, just reading a book. It's a, uh, it's a real classic. Jason X, the movie novelization. You're wrong. It's great. And he's just like, Why did I hire you? And just like walked away, uh, <laughs> which was, uh, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, so I, I love that moment. Um, but it also has like the most tie-in material of any of the fran- like anything on the franchise's front. I like honestly think that there's no other um, part of this franchise that has much tie-in material because there's like comic books, like some really bad comic books. Like there's Jason versus Jason X, where somehow a clone of the normal Jason comes and fights the Uber Jason. And obviously the Uber Jason wins. We'll talk about that the final <laughs> episode, but it's weird. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Jason X. Uh, Jason, do you just want your machete back? And what's your favorite kill? Uh, yes, I want my machete back. Um, I It's really hard for me to fathom why any horror fan wouldn't like this film. Like, I don't... I've heard this film described as the best fan film ever made, and I kind <laughs> of agree with that. That's like, I, I mean, what is what is there not to like about this film? I don't. It's really hard for me to understand and wrap my mind around it. It's just so much fun from beginning to end. It's, um, yeah, it's stupid, but that's kind of the point too. Um, James Isaac, who uh, directed this film. Um, obviously at Cronenberg because he did a bunch of creature effects for like The Fly and Existence. Um, I think he did creature effects for like Return of the Jedi and uh, gotta bring back that crying rancor. It all comes back to that crying rancor. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, and it shows that's kind of what this film is, right? It's just like um, weird set pieces and weird shit and it's just fun all the way. It just flies by when you watch it and I love it. Um, my favorite kills. I mean, there's there's a ton. Like, I love the giant mine uh, mining drill that kills that dude at the top. That's fucking great. And they're like, um, and they're like, what happens to Davis? He's screwed or something like that. Yes. Like they like unironically say that line, and you're like, oh yeah. god. They also um, bring up the Mac, the PC wars, which are great. <laughs> which like, they just bring up, oh man, um, it was crazy. You didn't see the PC wars or something like that. Which... I love the throwback to the. Um, you know, um, sleeping bag against the, I guess those aren't technically deaths cause those aren't real girls, but like the fucking, he's just hitting the tree with a sleeping bag with a girl in it. It's so, it's fucking awesome. 
Um, and of course, the cryogenic fucking freezing space yeah. smash is one of the best in the series. So that's perfect. Now we go on to the final film that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'll be it briefly because I'm please, sure none of us really want to talk about it that bad. But hey, we're going into it. Uh, let's talk about that remake. Good old Platinum Dunes came in to hit another home run with the Friday the 13th remake. This is the one that I saw in the theaters. I saw this in the theaters, and I needed to go to the washroom at one point, and I went to the washroom, and then I later found out I went to the washroom during the topless water skiing scene um, when that guy is... The guy who really hates Christmas is driving is driving a boat, and then Jason becomes fucking Cheryl Blossom because he can just shoot arrows really well, like fucking Hawkeye Jason. Like, I think... I, <laughs> I think one of the reasons why this film in particular, for me, I don't like, because, like, I just don't like the characterization of Jason, for one. Like, I just don't like this, like, hunter-trapper Jason. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I get that that's some people's, like, jam. But, like, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not down for that. Like, it, he's he's too, like, intelligent and, like, trapping people for my tastes. There's some good kills. I'm not going to lie. There's some good kills. I also don't, the humor in this one is just, like, the way that it's tilted and the way that it's slanted is a little too, too much for me. Like, I think it's, like, the, the nudity especially in this movie is, like, mm. really really it feels gross like it feels like mm -hmm. it feels like part five nudity like it's kind of yeah. like gross and like i don't i don't like like the way that they did it at the scenes um some people hawkeye uh, um hawkeye jason by the way makes me wish he, this film just started with him in japan fucking doing hits on people God, let's not, <laughs> how dare you bring fucking end game in this? <laughs> this is the end game of the jason franchise um <laughs> just kidding lots of people love that movie i don't it's the manhattan of the anyways um yeah so jason what'd you think of the remake and what's your favorite kill if you have one and where would you like the franchise to go next um i, I want the franchise to go somewhere i want somebody to pick friday 13th back up dust it off and do something interesting with it even like um a decent reboot i'd be game for like i really don't like the remake at all like it does nothing for me i watched it once um i can't even tell you a kill in the film um i re-watched all the films for this podcast but i will not re-watch the remake so um i just it does nothing for me whatsoever and i just you know it's it's but i will say if i was to rewatch a remake i take this over the nightmare remake any day of the week Oh, interesting. I I actually disagree. I I I have some nice things to say about the Nightmare remake, but we'll figure that out. I know, I know. Prepare for me to just get yelled off the the call the next episode too, because it's going to happen. Like people are just going to be like, "You're fucking nuts." Um, but uh, yeah. So um, cool, Evan. Opinions on the remake, kills, and the future. Um, so yeah, I don't like this movie either. Um, I was really bummed because, um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I will go to my grave defending the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that Platinum yeah, Zoo did. Too. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I do. I okay, cool. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I think it's really well made. Um, it's different enough from the original. So I was actually like had sort of high hopes for Friday the 13th. I also saw it in theaters. Um, I remember I like I skipped, I was in college and I skipped a class to go see it because I was so excited and I was very disappointed. Um, I think, like Andrew said, the way that Jason's portrayed is just weird. Um, I, it just doesn't feel like Jason. Um, and I think that 
they tried to do too many things that were supposed to be like funny and sort of endearing. It just the at the end of the day, I feel like the movie had no heart or soul or anything. It just was a Friday the 13th reboot that didn't have any legs to stand on. And um, I guess for the rest of the franchise, like I would love to see it continue. Um, but I think sort of like Jason said, I think someone needs to do something really different with it. I don't want to just another, you know, Jason with the mask and he does the same thing he's always done. I kind of want to see something that we've never seen before. I remember hearing for a while there was a whole idea about like Jason in the winter time and like a snow setting. And I feel like that would be kind of interesting um, just because we've never had that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think he's an iconic character and you can't really throw that away. So I think it will happen. I just don't know what to do with it. If okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Alex, you've, you've, um, you've, you're the only reason I own this movie is because you <laughs> accidentally bought it twice on Blu-ray and were like, hey, Andrew, I accidentally have two of these movies. Here you go. To be fair, both sides were used. I, I, I would never buy this brand new. Sure. Uh, it, what, I think both times were at a garage sale or something. But like a dollar, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, this also, I think, is the only one I saw in the theater. Um, I remember being excited I, unlike you guys, I didn't, I didn't love the Texas Chainsaw, but I think I was just, I wanted to be the contrarian. I was one of the few people I knew who had seen the original when the remake came out. So I'm like, oh no, you really got to see the original. You, uh, I was really hung up on that. There is a lot, like, it's one of my, my wife's favorites. Uh, there's a lot to really like about Texas Chainsaw. So I did have, I did have high, not high hopes, but I had hopes for this movie um and yeah once they showed jason having a system of bells rigged up yeah. around, oh, i was that's when i was like okay you know what like i preferred when jason was just a fucking like teleporting monster uh it was just this is so what ridiculous. this is what kevin McAllister grew up to be essentially yeah, yeah real <laughs> like the, it it just left a, a, a bad taste in my mouth. I, I Parts of it felt like it was a parody of itself. Um, parts of it felt like, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't even really have fun seeing it at the theater. Uh, I do own it just for the sake of completeness uh, on, on, on Blu-ray and whatever. I The biggest thing that bummed me out was when I, I did my my watch of all of them in one day I was logging it on Instagram and I'm like, cool, I'll just take a picture of uh, the, the title card for every movie forgetting that. And like, I'm sitting there waiting for the title card. Oh for this God. Forgetting the title card doesn't come up for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's 20 minutes into the movie after he kills all those kids at the marijuana field or whatever, where you finally get to see the title. And I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, I just remember, being so mad like irrationally mad over such a dumb thing but it, it it really does try to like it also like just blends the first three movies together in a way where it's like just remake one of them right yeah. like that's kind of what what another thing that kind of irks me about this movie is that like it kind of tries to do the pastiche of all three, the first three movies so quickly without giving any time to any of them, right? Like the idea that like, oh, 
we see Pamela Voorhees die super quick in the opening. Bam, bam, sure head's gone. Like, also, that's like kind of like a disservice to that. First, I mean, like, also, like when you remake a movie, you don't have to be beholden to the originals, right? Like, I'm not trying to say that, but they really try to get Pamela just out of the way before the open credits because they have no interest in her character or even exploring it. Uh, and then they've got uh, he's baghead for like five minutes, and then he's fucking got the hockey mask and he just like finds out like a junk store like there's no like shelly in this that like really brings in character or anything but yeah uh i have like a very wacky idea for uh, a remake so like part of this remake is going to be jason versus jason and it's some it's like some mobster sends some lackeys to he wants like the ultimate hitman so he wants to bring back jason Voorhees. the lackeys are dumb so they accidentally resurrect roy barnes and since one of the lackeys is like looks just like his son he starts like helping them out uh yeah so i just want to see jason versus jason where roy barnes zombified roy barnes fights a real jason and it's gonna be real dumb but hey you know what it's better than nothing uh anyway so i want to thank the listeners and thank the podcast because this became a marathon recording and, <laughs> uh, is by far the longest episode we've ever recorded but hey it may be beaten by nightmare there's a lot of more people on that one uh so yeah so i just want to thank you all for joining us and i'm gonna try and let's let's get some plugs what, do, what does everyone have to plug jason what do you have to plug where do you want the listeners to go i don't know uh, i mean i don't know, you know. You just spent three hours listening to this, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. You've done enough. Uh, rate, comment, and subscribe. That gets us more iTunes views. That's what Jason said. Thank you, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Evan, and any um, people can find more of your work? Yeah, so it's. I'll do this really fast. I have uh, I have three podcasts, which is insane. Um, you can check out Pod Slash, where my friend Adam and I talk about horror movies, and then you can listen to Friends of the Real Housewives, where Joe from Bloody Good Horror and I talk about Bravo shows. And then uh, one I recently started with Sophie and Spencer, who are also from Bloody Good Horror. It's called Scare of My Life, and we just tell true horror stories uh, from listeners and things we find on Reddit. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Evan Sleed. Um, and if you like video game stuff, I have a YouTube channel called Game Music Minutia, and I just talk about how music relates to the narrative of games and stuff. So, um, yeah, I have lots of things that are all weird and stupid, but they're fun to make. So that's me. Uh, that's none of it. It's weird and stupid. It's all wonderful. And thank you. We for... talk about Riverdale. You have no shame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just started watching it recently. So I so I can start listening because I was really excited to. Yeah, just be prepared for Jason moaning, and he doesn't even watch the show. Every time Jason comes on the podcast, he's like, I fucking hate everything about this podcast. And then he comes every week. So. Perfect. Good for you, Jason. We, we love you, Jason. Uh, Alex, where can we find more of your wonderful, wonderful, knowledgeable work? Um, You know what? For now, since it's finally garage sale season again, just follow me on Instagram. Uh, the account's our, like, our Saturdays. Um, it's just my wife and I get up, I, I draw up a map basically of the city and we figure out the, the garage sales we're going to and we post the crazy stuff we get. Um, yeah, cool. Just been doing that. Uh, one photo, if you scroll back far enough is, uh, I got an awesome, I'll try and show you guys there. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 poster oh, where Freddy is holding yes. a skull and it looks like a Hamlet poster. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> it's the best. Um, 
so yeah i just i try and find stuff like that i also there's no picture of it because i got it years ago but my first theatrical poster i ever owned was uh um child's play 2 which is my least favorite which i get a lot of shit from people but yeah uh no it's uh yeah it's it's a great poster though nice nice and you also found a uh, Fon- Fonzie Hope chest once, and yep. it's the greatest thing that's ever existed. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. as always, you can find me slowly in a canoe going down the river, ranting and raving about Riverdale until an undead Papa Poutine comes up and takes me to the grave. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, and remember, always blame the CW. Sugar. This has been a Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And until next time, trash fires gonna burn.